Today's episode is brought to you by Hymns. Try Hymns for a month today for just $5 by going to 4 slash TTT. Terry Gilliam's second best movie, Tom Hardy Bears All, and What You Gonna Do When Wing Commander Comes For You. Bad movie, bad movie. This week on 30-20-10. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to 30-20-10, the internet's pop culture time machine taking you back in time each week, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get the title now? It's oh so simple. We're talking about going back to 1989, 1999, and 2009 to look at the movies, TV, video games, music, books, comedy albums, news, all the stuff that happened in this one-week period, this very special week of March 8th to the 14th. Hope everyone's enjoying their last days of winter. Is that what's happening? No, that's next week. Yeah. That's next week. And it's Lent. it's fucking freezing right Ash now. Ash Wednesday. <laughs> Um, or uh, Chris, Chrissy Pants' birthday. I very rarely shout that out, but I gotta, I gotta. Uh, and this is one of those rare weeks where I'm. I think my favorite movies in 2009. That almost never happens. The one I'm most excited to talk about mm, is in 2009. Know, right? I'm such an 80s kid, and one of my favorite movies is in the 80s this week. But I can't wait to talk to you about March 8th to the 14th, uh, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Hello. Hello, I'm Britain's most dangerous criminal, Diana Goodman. It's me, Sarah. And man, I am super excited for today. This is the first time ever I have been podcasting for over 10 years. And I dug back. I know I don't seem like an organized person, but I was able to dig back to 10 years ago in my podcast clip recordings and get to play something for the 2009 segment. This has never happened before. I'm very, it's, uh, this is going to be such a letdown. But I want you sitting there for at least an hour as we get through the 80s and the 90s. Uh, but starting like we always do, in 1989, March 8th through the 14th, uh, not a lot of news to lean on. Fortunately, we have Lean On Me. Uh, lean On Me is still number one at the box office. Mm-hmm. And yep. Can I say, this might be one of the weirdest weeks we've done. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of movies to get through. In pretty much every decade, we're going to have one of the worst movies of the year. <laughs> <laughs> And everything else is just throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Right, it is all over the place this week. It seems like if you're if you're playing like movie executive chess, like ah, this looks like a weak week. We can go up against this counter program, and like Mm -hmm. there is something for everyone, but none of them are very good. Yeah, Uh, except for except (laughs) for two of them, which are are two movies I, I revere, and I can't wait to talk about those. Uh, but lean on me, thank God, Mr. Clark, almost freed. Uh, is number one at the box office this week. Uh, starting with, is this Gator Bait 2, Cajun Justice? Gator Bait 2, Cajun Justice. Gator Bait 2. I get this confused with Snake Eater. That's another That's another trilogy uh, most people haven't heard mm-hmm. of. From mm-hmm. Yeah, so as usual, we've got uh, a movie that it's got a two in the title and has nothing to do with the first one. It's just completely unrelated and they just slap a title on it. But it's all, this, this is going to be another one of those weeks where everything sort of rhymes and it all falls together. Because looks like we got us here rape revenge film. Oh, oh Jesus. my. Okay, what? Oh, yeah. Five violent men took her by force. Tony, you want to make love to me <laughs> and the rest of my friends. <laughs> they shot her man. <laughs> they stole her innocence. I bet you can buy- God. They made her a savage. 
Hey, Jesus. Ooh. Uh, there's been a, way too much I spit in your grave talk on Laser Time as of late. Mm-hmm. But uh, tune in to bonus time for that. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. But this is like, this reeks of I spit on your grave slash. Oh, yeah. A very deliberate deliverance line. I'm going to make you bark like a dog? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Maybe Ned Beatty won't sue you for that. I don't know why he'd sue yep. for the line the other guy said while he raped him. But. Uh, yeah, that's about the only joke but, I can make about deliverance anymore. So there. Yep. But, oh, she gets so creative, though, at least based on the trailer. Uh, obviously, you got to run someone over with a speedboat. Oh, yeah. Out on the bayou. Sure. I think my favorite thing in the whole trailer is she gets a a whole bag of snakes and ties it around a guy's head. Oh, that's wonderful. Wow. <laughs> like, now, that's creativity. Sure. I wouldn't have thought of that. Is it Nick Cage? No, not the snakes. <laughs> Not the snakes. Not the snakes. <laughs> oh, it would only be better if it was a fan boat. Yeah. That she ran him over. Yeah. Because she needed be... to back up a fan boat into a guy's face. Yeah, that uh, would be some true cage injustice. I was going to say, like, but even the, the trailer just looks like what everybody thinks Florida is. Yeah. Like, anyway. <laughs> North Florida, at least. North Florida, and, yeah. yeah. Whoops-a-daisy. And would you look at this, the next movie... We have a Martin Scorsese movie out that this is not it. Oh, uh, nope. That Robert De Niro isn't in because he's too busy starring with Ed Harris and Kathy Baker and Jackknife. He's not my friend. We were in Vietnam together. We were some trio. Bobby, your brother, me. I was never there, man. I don't follow that. It never happened. Your girlfriend's come over and cook for you? Is that... Like a like a real question, or are you just jerking my chain? I don't want you seeing my sister, Max. You know, you know, it's a tour de force drama when the music in the trailer is what plays people off the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have never heard of this, and I was I was going off last week of what a big Bobby D fan I was. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of this. Yeah, Jack although Knight. we got called immediately on Twitter, and I felt so stupid because he said, oh, analyze this. This is like De Niro's only comedy. No. We talked about Midnight Run already. Right, but like that was ah. a, that was an anomaly like in the middle of 30 years. He made, yeah. when he made Analyze This, his whole career changed. He That's made true. Meet the Parents yeah. right yeah. afterwards. and made al- pivot. He makes almost exclusively comedies now. Yep. Still hasn't yes. hosted an SNL. Uh, Gosh, really? No, I mean and he's he, appeared. He loves to appear now. It seems, but right. uh, yeah. yeah, I was always bummed by that. But uh, all right, so Jackknife, uh, he's a truck driving v- Vietnam vet with PTSD. He hooks up with Ed Harris and his amazing mustache, uh, and they bond and they talk about their problems and everything works out. I guess. Sweet. Hmm. You can watch okay. this movie over CB. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen this movie. Uh, Sybil Shepard, Robert Downey Jr., Ryan O'Neill, Mary Stewart Masterson, and chances are... I thought that was more of that title. I'm the director of Dirty Dancing. Uh, Alex Finch uh, isn't himself today. Uh, who the hell are you? Getting a strong German Shepherd vibration. Forget. He's someone else. <laughs> I'm Louis Jeffries. I'm so glad. You two know each other? Is he out of his element? Uh-oh. This is bad. It's worse than I thought. Out of his body. It's your first time as a human? I used to be a lawyer. You! My memory came back of my last life. I beg your pardon. You two know each other? Okay, you said that already, but Jesus Christ. We got us a body swap comedy again. It's gotta be the 80s with two body swap comedies in a row. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, well, I mean, this one's slightly different in that he is a reincarnated body. All right, I'll take it. Um... Right. So he's originally married to Sybil Shepherd. He dies. He gets reincarnated as Robert Downey Jr., but they didn't wipe his memory. And so when he runs into Mary Stuart Masterson, who I believe is supposed to be his own daughter, um, and they start 
dating, all of a sudden his memories come back when he sees Sybil Shepherd and wackiness ensues. And uh, Herbert Downey Jr. is so baby faced still. So, oh, yeah. And the, the, the trailer voiceover is still like, it sounds like a candy commercial. I'm like, are you sick of being told not to eat bubble tape? Bam. <laughs> Bam. Uh, but it's wacky, it's goofy, it's who cares? I, I'm sorry, who cares? And speaking of, of weirdly, who cares? The next film is should be amazing. Mm-hmm. Did you know yeah. Woody Allen, Francis Ford Coppola, and Martin Scorsese directed one film together? Oh, a single film. Everyone knows multiple directors is always a sign of success. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> the weird thing is, I think I caught this on on TV so much, I didn't know what was going on. So like I've ah. only, I've watched the the Scorsese one, which is the first one, mm-hmm. like a thousand times. I don't think I knew there was another. There were two more movies afterwards. <laughs> so I've seen the Nick Nolte as this struggling painter, ah, it's too abstract, uh, trying to hit on Roseanne well, Arquette. Seen that multiple times. Well, that's probably the best one, so mm. you can just walk away right there. So, Sweet. yeah, New York Stories is just three short films by those directors put mm. together. Uh, yeah, the Nick Nolte's a painter one is the Scorsese one. Woody Allen's one is kind of just Woody Allen stuff. where Literally starring haunted. Woody Allen. Woody yeah, he like, gets haunted by his mother. Um, and then the the Coppola one, I've just I've never liked... But uh, it is written by Sophia, so and starring her, I believe. Oh wow! Uh, is it? I, I mean, Talia so. Shire's in it. That's his sister, right? So that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, keep it in the family. Oh, what a dynasty! Um, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's like one third is really good. Yeah, it's, it's it's like a it's just shrug. If you'll smell any fart these people make. You're, you're guaranteed to enjoy New York stories. Touchstone Pictures presents three unique stories about life in New York City. Martin Scorsese directing Nick Nolte and Rosanna Arquette. Why'd you make me do that? Me, I love you. Francis Ford Coppola directing Talia Shire and Giancarlo Giannini. Why is it so impossible for us to be in love? And Woody Allen directing and starring with Mia Farrow. The nice place you got here. What time's the Cobra come out? Three unique views. One very special motion picture. New York stories. What the fuck? Three Why? stories of New Yorkers who have never lived this life. Did Woody Allen cut the trailer? What's with all the... <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, yeah, you got the, the clarinet jazz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, we have gone back to this. There's still New York, I Love You, and Paris Town, and mm-hmm. they just decided, like, yeah, sure, let's just let famous directors make shorts about city life, which, mm-hmm. cool. It's easier That's than a full no movie. Um, I got no complaints. Sometimes yeah. an idea isn't long enough for a movie. But you know. True. You know, even with the names Martin Scorsese, Woody Allen, and Francis Ford Coppola, Police Academy 6 City Under Siege is guaranteed to outgross them. Uh, yeah. Almost. Yeah. Even Bobcat Goldthwait doesn't want to return to this anymore. I believe Steve Gutenberg bowed out on the last one. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost top line by Michael Winslow. Uh, yep. but, uh, some of the cast returns for what was sort of the final Police Academy, uh, Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. When it comes to in-flight service and on-the-job safety, I have just the men for the job. They're the biggest wheels around. That was very exciting, wasn't it? Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. Oof. I love being, Yikes. I was that I was like Ugh. just alive and paying attention as the world slowly stops caring about this. Yeah. And, and we were never, it was too, we were too young to totally care about it. It's just that like uh, after the 
first two rape comedies, they became PG movies. HBO could play in the middle of the day. So you could see them pretty mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. every day you were at like near a television with some with HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is the last one. For the next couple of years oh, until the God. straight to video mission to Moscow. And I swear to Christ, I I found a box set at a thrift store. Uh, they all have special features and commentaries. And I am oh my sort of dying to do a limited series podcast yeah. on Patreon.com slash later Tim about the police. Because someone needs to do it. You talk about it a couple times a week. Someone has over. to do it. It just I, I leave it out on the kitchen table to mock me. Yeah. It's on top of my taxes. That's how that's what, how big a priority it feels like. When our friends Kevin Cass were over the other night, they oh. were very intrigued by it. I and I think Kevin's crazy. I think that's not yeah. the first project we want to embark on together. But, no, <laughs> but, definitely not. Uh, I've seen some of the police academies, and I, I feel like I've seen them in the way that everyone should view police academy movies when you're... Eight and the babysitter oh. down the street brings over her like huge box of videotapes that she taped off of HBO <laughs> and you watch ice cream together and just watch them one right after another. For That's s- how I saw them. For some reason, uh, one of my last big drug benches a few years ago, mm-hmm. we decided since we're up all night anyway, HBO is somehow as all these streaming. Let's just put them all yeah. on in a row as we screamed about politics uh, over it. Ooh, that uh, sounds super fun. <laughs> I'm glad you weren't there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we've just had like one a year on these suckers, right? right? They've been pretty much and annual since 1982. God, I can't tell you how hard it was to find a, a an actual clip that had like people talking in it because right. every single ad is just like, oh, that guy fell down. I like I fell out a window. Oh, they have a monster <laughs> truck now. Ah, it's just all visual. Fuck you. But speaking of all visual and movies I could not find good trailers for, can we just get to the one that's worth talking about? Thank you. That would be John Neville, Eric Idol, Uma Thurman, and is it Sarah Pauly? Little young? Yeah. uh, In uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Once upon a time in a distant land, there lived a most extraordinary man. Where are we going? To the moon. With his faithful companions, he traveled afar, meeting creatures, some beautiful. Hello. Others, bizarre. And they found themselves in the strangest of places, where kingdoms had queens with detachable faces. Oh, yes! They bravely fought battles and monsters without fear. Scoundrels and scalabags. We're all extremely large and strong. So get yourself ready for a tale that's outrageous. I'm Baron Munchausen. Mm, that sounds nasty. Is it contagious? It makes me so happy. Uh, I don't know. Diane, I feel uh, like you're about to shit on this movie. Kind of, but... Why? Yeah, first, let me say, yeah, I had to go with... That was like a trailer from Showtime or something because right. every advertisement for this movie is just visual because that's the best part of this movie is it looks staggering yeah it's ridiculous it so big so fairy tale so ridiculous even as an animated movie like it wouldn't look as crazy like if you could just yeah. animate whatever you wanted it's it this is crazier than that mm-hmm. uh i didn't love this movie hmm. i rewatched it i didn't love it but my god this is the most terry gilliam terry has ever gilliamed right because I, I oh my god i consider i love this movie i mm-hmm. consider it the um Number three in the trilogy of great Terry Gilliam movies from this period. Time right. Bandits. Uh, just, uh, yeah. Baron Munchausen, then it goes Time Brazil? Bandits, and then Brazil. Yeah. 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 And it's, they're the most Terry Gilliam movies. He sort of 
kind of changed what he did for a little while and sort of went back to it and then got real weird, then got awful and mainstream and then got even more weird. And it's kind of like an awful person now, I believe, if, you, if you're conducting an interview with him. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, he's old. He'll die soon. But, uh, but, <laughs> but more importantly, these are like the most visually interesting movies ever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I don't, like, there's a great documentary on the, on the DVD, on the, the 20th anniversary DVD, about this, this film, because I think it's sort of a, it was sort of a response to Brazil, in, mm. in that Brazil was taken away from him, there was an edit made that he didn't want, he had to steal, literally steal the film from the studio to screen it to critics as a response, the LA, LA Times named it their movie of the year. So all, there's like all this hmm. weight behind Terry mm-hmm. being this champion, this this little guy against the big suits. And I think uh, it's Fox or Sony throws him a shitload of money and sort of says, do what you want. And uh, then that goes to Sony. And then, uh, it, it, well, no, it goes to Columbia. And then Sony buys Columbia. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And why is it $10 million over budget already? Uh, and watch the movie and you'll yeah, see. Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It definitely oh, looks yeah. like it. It's it's. I don't know. It's still not as visually striking as Brazil because that involves a lot of terrorism. You know, there are right. there are Turks fighting everywhere in this film, which is based on a book I've never heard of. Mm, which is based on uh, a yeah. real person. Yes, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's very much what if Terry Gilliam made a fairy tale because it's a yes. fairy tale. I mean, that's that's really what it is. And sometimes it's amazing, and sometimes it's like. What are you doing? Like the framing device is about a city being bombed and a child about to die while holding a play. I've got to tell you this story while we're all getting murdered and about the amazing adventures of this guy who's a tall tale teller. He re-meets all his friends who then Mm -hmm. become the people he already met. Yeah, it's a little bit Wizard of Oz-ish where at the end you're like, wait a minute, these people were here all along. The the end definitely works better as a play, but again, if you've seen Time Bandits where Terry literally tells you, fuck off, this is all fake, Mm -hmm. it's just a movie, (laughs) and just... I, that that movie ending is one of the biggest fuck yous ever. That's still <laughs> tremendously entertaining to me. But I don't know. It makes it makes sense. And weirdly, he, according to Gilliam, they they didn't screen this. It went to like a hundred screens. So he hmm. said. I'm sure he's exaggerating. Um, but what I remember, I remember it because it was marketed to kids. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. like that was not the case with Time Bandits or Brazil. Mm. And I remember seeing a clip of this on Nickelodeon. It was Eric Idle's Bertold who wears giant shackles to slow him down because he's too fast. He runs the speed of light. Just imagine in your head Eric Idle running so fast he catches up to a bullet and grabs it with his hand. It burns a little bit because it's mm-hmm. moving so fast. That's in this movie and it's beautiful. Yeah. Him, him catching it, riding on a cannonball and making and a... Yeah, Robin Williams with no body. Oh, yeah. So, this then, like really leaning up against like, he really wants to fuck his wife. Yeah. Uh, but this is still kind of a kid's movie. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's part of the problem is, yeah, it's a sort of fairy tale. It's totally supposed to be a kid's movie. It works on kid movie logic. But it's also because it's fucking Gilliam. It's also, it looks grimy and gross. Yes. It looks like it smells bad. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's scary parts that are like, too scary or sexy parts that are too sexy and and i've always wondered like i'm not quite sure who this is for that, that is it for the kid and all of us is I, that what we're doing that is a young yeah. teenage uma thurman in her first ever film role appearing nude for the first time i think because of delays oh, no, wait, what about dangerous I was uh, dangerous say, we just saw this was filmed out, this was filmed first yeah, this okay. was filmed first okay. so it's so complicated uh yeah so i put off watching this for a while just because 
We were talking about this this weekend. Going to say the adventures of Baron Munchausen again, because I'm sure oh, people yeah. are going to yell at us. Uh, yeah, and I've only been referring to it as Munchausen just Munchausen. because, like, I don't want to say the whole thing. Mm. But uh, yeah, I put this out. For, or I put this off for a while just because. So Terry Gilliam movies are the type of movies that I recognize that they are great. Mm-hmm. I just right. don't like them because they, they don't yep. make me feel. I don't like the way they make me feel. They give me a lot of anxiety because of like the griminess and the chaos that's mm-hmm. like in almost every shot. There's mm-hmm. like something chaotic is going on and something about the feel and the tone of the movie know, but, but gives used, me a lot of anxiety. But you use like Fear and Loathing in tw- 2012 uh, Monkeys as and an Brazil, example. I'm like those are supposed to be like that. Right. And Brazil too. And that's... Brazil? Yes. Oh, I smile, yeah. I smile my me, ass off at Brazil. Every no, time Brazil Bob Hoskins comes feel, on screen crazy and and so like r.i.p mona who's in the movie constantly yes, yeah. getting her oh, face lifted yeah. over over ter- acts of terrorism and again like i th- recognize them for what they are which are great movies i just don't like them <laughs> like i just don't like watching them <laughs> which is why i put this one off for so long this is the one that i've enjoyed the most i think because it is very lighthearted like, yeah it's more for kids and there's mm-hmm. yeah it's not terrorism heavy as the other ones mm-hmm. are basically or not a drug trip <laughs> so, yeah even though it sort of is because i mean like the the ones that i mentioned before that i watch that i just don't enjoy make me feel like i'm on drugs mm-hmm. but i i enjoy, i'm glad i watched it and i enjoyed it i feel like there were parts of it where i'm like did i see some of this in school maybe maybe just like clips or something just because like hmm. there are some very silly some very silly imagery that i somehow remember I, I from i swear my it was it was all over nickelodeon and like mm-hmm. i remember bringing it up to my dad who like loves python and gilliam and he'd never heard of it because mm-hmm. like it didn't wow. the marketing didn't reach him uh but it reached yeah. me well this was considered a massive failure cuz it's so expensive yeah oh don't and forget at one point it's on screen at one point, they go inside of a giant sea monster yes. and hang out inside there for a while. <laughs> like, it's After just, going to the moon. It's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot to take in. It's It does have my one of my favorite things of being Pixar-esque, mm-hmm. where it's like, you mm-hmm. know, a series of things. I do like that. Video game levels. It. Let's call it that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way yeah. to put it, for sure. Um, and, you know, I actually... <laughs> know more about Munchausen syndrome than I do about this movie, <laughs> which is also named for Baron Munchausen, actually. This guy? Yep. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he was such a fabulous, and uh, Munchausen syndrome is people who m- make up illnesses in order to get attention, and then the more tragic Munchausen by proxy, where we make other people sick for attention, but yeah. Oh, an extravagant liar. Who doesn't love one? I'd vote for one. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I don't know. This movie's too visually interesting to not recommend. Mm-hmm. There's always yeah. something that, like, I can't believe someone bothered to do that with practical effects. It, it takes, it does take a visionary person to do that, and that's why Terry mm-hmm. Gilliam is so fucking special. Yeah, and he hasn't really been able to. He hasn't really worked in this medium for a while, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I call it full Gilliam. Is this Sarah Polly's first film? I think so. Can you imagine Probably. this being your first film? I mean, <laughs> as this, as oh a God. young actress, like, walk onto this set. You probably done like some Kellogg's commercials. Yeah, and then you walk onto this this set. Like, oh no, today we're going to be in the Sultan's Palace, mm-hmm. and it's like forty feet tall, and then there's a matte painting. I'm going to and... be swinging off of a ship that's afloat with women's undergarments. Most people, <laughs> most people have noted that they didn't like working on this set or Terry Gilliam sets in particular. Remember, he's a member of Monty Python. Uh, no Python stars in any of his movies again mm. <laughs> like they're always mm. there's always one mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. each of them and they never come back except yeah. for maybe michael palin because he rules 
Very sweet man. Yeah. Uh, and he's in the best one. Uh, but I, I do really love Baron Munchausen's uh, third to Time Bandits in Brazil, but a, a, just a really special filmmaker mm-hmm. at a really yeah. special time. Yeah, as as much as I don't care for it, I think I will recommend, like, you should see it once yeah. just because it's so different. I agree. Yeah, and it's it, it's just so extravagantly different, too. Mm-hmm. Ugh. All right, with that, we have to move on to television. March 8th to the 14th. Going to skip over the episode of The Equalizer, Silent Fury, and Night Court's Strange Bedfellows because yeah. there's something much weirder afoot here. Mm-hmm. Is this what I think it is? The yes. Webster finale? Yes. What is oh what what is oh. this? Why? What's happening? <laughs> it's it's because I, I meant to look more into like were these studios in cahoots or do they owe someone money? Yeah. Why is this the way you wrap up Webster? And the only thing I can guess is because Webster started out as an ABC show, mm-hmm. uh, trying to take some a different strokes thunder with a a little little black kid with some kind of undescribable progeria. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what either. The opposite. Is. He's just he's just a little he's just, kid. He's, He's little, and, yeah. And, he's uh, little. I mean, really, the whole the backstory of the show is even worse. That it's about it was supposed to be about this professional couple, and they kept trying to get that to uh, Alex Karras and his wife, whose name I'm forgetting, and it, it was supposed to be just about them. And then they were like told, "Oh, we'll add a kid. We'll add this precocious kid." Okay, it's actually his show, mm-hmm. and like they kind of got screwed. Yeah, so that he- happens though pretty often. I feel like with these yeah. kids shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, Family Matters wasn't just. Urkel the show for the first couple of seasons and same with Full House I feel like that's that nerd entitlement man uh, but but th- it, it was on ABC and then it, it spent most of its life in syndication mm-hmm. so I think it's teaming up with the other really popular thing in syndication that we haven't talked that much about lately is it, is, am I am I getting to something yes yeah. so I, I just I vaguely remember this Webster's last episode <laughs> Starship Enterprise. All I do is I pushed my joystick too far forward. Maybe I should have gotten that extended warranty. <laughs> Say something, Gorgon. You look like an Earthling, but your style of dress is puzzling. Oh, thanks. I kind of like to stay one step ahead of the fashion. No one else will be wearing this until 1990. That was more than 300 years ago. Okay, you should know this right. Michael Dorn yeah. as Warp. What warps, the hell? Why? As Webster warps to the bridge of the Enterprise in Star Trek The Next Generation to spend his last episodes. Michael, what is Michael Dorn teaching? Like, he's hosting the flashbacks. Mm. Let, mm-hmm. us, let us look back mm-hmm. onto that time Webster almost didn't pass English. And what it's, the hell? It's ridiculous. I mean,. I think back to all the like series finales that I've been disappointed by mm-hmm. and I kind of think <laughs> I mean if you're gonna go out just fucking go out I guess like not- what else is what else is gonna happen I don't think we would have talked about it had they not no. done this thing uh, but what a fucking crazy thing to do yeah and I just I think Mike Michael Dorn should have a have a t-shirt that says like I put on my forehead for this <laughs> and <laughs> 
And yes, he did. Uh, but Webster ends on the set of ne- Star Trek The Next Generation. That is so fucking bizarre. Mm-hmm. But the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. <laughs> uh, two days later, oh, yes. after Webster is taken from us too soon and after six seasons We have an American episodes. treasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you just like... Just think for a second how weird a song this is for a show like Yeah. <laughs> it's like happy reggae song. Uh, and then showing people like having their doors battered having down. Having the worst day of their lives, yeah. basically. Filmed on yeah. television. Uh, if not for The Simpsons, this would be Fox's longest running show. Wow. Uh, and, yeah. and it still would be had Fox not canceled it and it got booted down. It got booted over to Spike Television. I don't okay. know where it yep. stands on the Paramount Network. Mm-hmm. I say having no feelings at all about the Paramount Network. Sorry. Still fucking running. That's where it is. It's yeah. There's marathons of it all day. If I turn right. on my TV right now, there's going to be like a four-hour block of this. And it's like, I think reality show is mostly garbage, but something about cops. Like, if an episode worked in 1989, it's going to work right now. It's just going to be a really, really drunk guy yeah. trying to berate cops and then then apologize and cry. I'm like, yeah, I can watch this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can totally yeah. watch this. I mean, did this really start our, what is now like a staple of, of reality TV show, which is just schadenfreude television? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, yes, uh, I, I mean, in so many ways, like I love cops and in so many ways I hate cops. Yeah, I kind of hate it. There's plenty to hate it's about like, it as well. I hate it because it, it is just stereotypes on parade. Like mm-hmm. it will underline all of your worst feelings about all of humanity, particularly groups. Mm-hmm. Like there's never <laughs> a well-spoken erudite, well-educated black guy on cops. Mm-hmm. But there's also never an erudite, well-spoken, educated white person on cops. True. You're always seeing the worst of humanity yeah. doing terrible yeah. things. But it can also be kind of fascinating my favorite time, my favorite thing on cops ever is when they try to talk their way out of something. Right. Yeah. Like as a student of psychology, I love to see what they're trying to explain. No, those drugs weren't in my sock. Mm-hmm. No, I just pulled them out of your socks. I don't know who they got there. Maybe <laughs> That's my, not my cousin sock. did it. <laughs> yeah. It's always someone's cousin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is my cousin's car. You said I could borrow it. Uh, it was reported in Texas stolen. I don't. I don't uh, like that. Yeah. I don't know how it got here. Like all You're behind the wheel, sir. What? All, all suspects are are innocent until proven guilty. Right. But they're already on TV, and apparently they're going to be for the next thirty years. Who signs the consents <laughs> for these? That's what I want to know. I don't know that like, they have to because they're shot in on public streets. And um, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that people. Every now and then, someone's face will be blurred, and you're like, "Yeah." So why is that happening? Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah. I imagine as long as a case is pending and it happened on a public street, they can film and show whatever they want. Oh, I think as long as the case is pending, they probably can't show it. Oh, you don't think so? For evidence reasons, probably. We should have looked into all that. Yeah. But I don't care about the nuance of cops. I don't even care. I don't even want it to still be on. Yeah, most people don't. But cops, cops is, yeah, it started before The Simpsons, as Mm -hmm. you Simpsons nerds can probably tell. And I think up until 2013, 2014, it was, 2016, it was on Fox still. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. as long as it was on Fox, it was going to beat The Simpsons. So they kicked it down the cable uh, where it's enjoying reruns all over the fucking place. I think that 
Yeah. Whatever the G4 channel is now is like half cop re- cops rerun. I feel like if you have to watch oh, a yeah. cops rerun too, the older the better. Have to be, right? Because I mean, <laughs> yeah. then you get to really ogle the like clothing. Oh and shit, hair. I have that cross colors hat. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> hair hairstyle choices, all everything. Yeah. That's, I never thought of that. It is fun as like a time capsule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you're seeing regular people's houses, at, you know, a regular day in the life of some idiot getting high and doing something <laughs> stupid. Yeah. And I mean, before like really the explosion of reality TV, like mm-hmm. this is the only time you may get to see your hometown featured on a television program. Yeah, I still, <laughs> I still, yes, that really was. Yeah. Uh, I I still don't really understand how the show is made. Like, they always guarantee something's going to happen. Yeah. Cops on the beat. I'd they love to talk neighborhoods. to one of the um, video, like, the camera people I at think some the point. The hack joke so is that amazing. the cops are fat and slow, but like the guy holding the 1989 camera is, deserves <laughs> yeah. some award yeah. because he's he's quick on his feet. Uh, but let's move into also on the eleventh, two twenty seven. Jack A. Jack A. Is this uh, this is going to be? This was kind of slighted as a potential pilot episode for Jack A's mm. own show, Shake and I don't think it actually went. Mm. But uh, she was no. such a popular character on two two seven that there was talk that she kind of deserved her own little place in the sun, and I really like. JK a lot. I know her more as sister, the sister? mom from Sister Sister right. okay. with Dag uh, as the dad. What? Yeah. So sure? is this yes. 227 starring Academy Award winner Regina King? Indeed. Yes, it is. Indeed. I feel like the show is haunting me. I Just mere episodes ago, I'm like, I've never heard of this. And mm-hmm. I, we talked about it every episode <laughs> of everything I've done since. That's true. Yeah, it's come up I, a lot. I watch it all the time. I think they it ran back to back with Amen with Sherman Helmsley sometimes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's I, true. I don't know why. I got well-versed in my late 80s black sitcoms, but whatever. 227 yeah. was rad. Yeah. Um, well, I always liked them because they were broader. Uh, they were they were always like more funny mm. to me. Well, yeah, I mean, Jack A is she's holy shit, she's a walking yes. cartoon. She's yeah. so funny. Like yeah. I know her more from talk shows than I know her from like anything I've seen her on. Just oh, like, yeah. oh, Jack A's on. I'll watch this. Yeah. But on the thirteenth, uh, you got to tell me about this, Sarah. Yeah. Newhart. Newhart has an episode, "The Nice Man Cometh," wherein <laughs> Newhart uh, kind of plays a sidekick to a host for WPIV's new late night show, mm. and the new host is. One of my favorite people to watch ever. I spoke to the mortuary, and they say you died last Tuesday. (laughs) And they want you to return the shoes. (laughs) My first guest tonight is a local talk show host, Dick Loudon. Would you you walk a little faster? The show's only 90 minutes. Nice, uh, nice to meet you, Don. Yeah. What happened? They run out of, they run out of paper in the men's room. It's fucking great. I mean, I love Don Rickles. It's Don Rickles. Don Rickles. You can't tell from the uh, voice. I just love him so much. He's so mean. Did you Did you know they were best friends? Yeah. Okay. And so like, that makes it even better. I, I didn't. It's so funny because they are the exact opposite. Right. Exactly. Right. And like, I love watching clips of Don Rickles because. Like half of his insults don't even make sense. Nope. Like I don't even get it. <laughs> nope. But it's still funny. They contain like the seven bit. words you can't say anymore. Yeah. And... <laughs> well, like the whole thing about like you know the funeral home call and they want their shoes back. Like yeah, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Is that was that a thing? Like I don't even get it. But it's still funny to me. 
So yeah, Two I had to pull it. up there going, <laughs> like, okay, okay, I guess they are. That's funny. He delivered it okay. Yeah. But like, I think it's the documentary. I didn't know that till the documentary Mr. Warmth about right. Don Rickles, that him and Bob Newhart are best friends and hang out every day. And they are pol- the polar opposite comedians. Yeah. One guy yeah. is super wormy and nice, and one is very loud and mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they go on, there's like video of them at like the Great Wall of China together. It's crazy. I love those stories. <laughs> Uh, it, it's uh, it's a great documentary, Mr. Warm. Yeah, I, I recommend it too. It's great. Um, but let's move into games really fast. By really fast, I mean uh, Slash of a Sword fast because uh, I, I am playing fast and loose with a lot of these release dates because there's not a lot of concrete dates for 89 in general, especially arcade games. Mm. But you got to give it up to Strider, baby. Strider, mm. uh, Capcom, who will be mentioned again in this podcast. Uh, they're wonderful little 2048 ninja fella who... Uh, Ran with those knees up and uh, sliced that sword so fast. It was mm. just like this little circle that happened around him. But just uh, an impossibly hard arcade game uh, that I think you could argue now was made better with the NES version, even though it didn't look as cool, but a really hmm. fun and cool-looking game taking place in the future where you slash robots and ninjas. Cool. It, like, like arcade games were just kind of... We're really flexing on like what... Like, yeah, that's what your home console can do. Look at Strider. And Strider was like a visual benchmark for some people. Like, mm. a very good-looking game. Mm. Uh, I'd argue that it's it's the original Strider is probably the worst. Mm. Uh, Strider 2, mm. Strider uh, NES, and Strider... It's just Strider Strider from uh, 2013 are all better. But uh, Strider's really fun. Oh, but I do mm. have a book also I want to throw oh. in here that I forgot to put oh. down. But um, And I kind of have already talked about this, but in March 1989, I could not get the exact date, so I just want to throw it in now, mm-hmm. is A Prayer for Owen Meany by uh, John Irving, mm-hmm. which we kind of already talked about that a little bit because it is the basis for the movie Simon Birch. Um, and I talked about the book in, at length when we discussed Simon Birch because it's one of my favorite novels and John Irving's one of my favorite novelists. Mm. But I just wanted to throw it in here as a little uh, reminder. Read it, y'all. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then we got to close okay. out the, 1989 with the music. March 8th through the 14th, we have new releases. Simply Red, baby. A New Flame. I hope that's the album everyone had. Simply Red. Yep. Okay, good. Thank God. <laughs> uh, Mr. Jordan by Julian Lennon. Oh, that guy. Uh, Grip It on the, on the Other Level by the Ghetto Boys. The Ghetto Boys? 1989? For real? Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Depeche Mode Live Album 101. Extreme self-titled debut. Road to Rich to the Riches by uh, Cool G Rap and DJ Polo. And Spell by Dion Estes. Me, Myself, and I by De La Soul of A Three Feet and Rising will take us out of 1989 because that debuted last week, I believe. That um, debuted last week, but I didn't get to play any of it because Debbie Gibson's Lost in Your Eyes is number one then, and it's still number one now, so let's do De La Soul. Right, and then we'll eventually get to Millie Vanilli and Hate Our Lives. Uh, <laughs> oh, but yes. Until, oh, my God, yes. Until then, uh, you can still hear De La Soul on mostly YouTube. Thanks, Tommy Boy Records. Uh, but you can hear it right here, and we're going to close out with that. Stay right there, because we're heading into 1999. Real fast. Fellas, gather around. Here are some statistics, and I don't want you to get sad or depressed. 40% of men by the age of 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. But check out this stat. 
Over 25% of new ED cases are guys under 40. I'm not trying to single you out. I'm just saying there is a dependable solution out there, and that's Hims, baby. And right now, you listeners can try Hims for a month today for just five bucks by going to forhims.com/ttt. Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, now erectile dysfunction can be optional because Hims can connect you with real doctors with medical-grade solutions. These aren't gas station supplements. These are real prescriptions backed by science, generic equivalents to well-known drugs. Even better, no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits, no lines, and you can save a ton of time and money just by going to forhims.com. Very, very easy. You just go to the website, answer a few quick questions, and chat with a doctor for a confidential review, and then the product is shipped right to your door. It's erectile without the dysfunction. I wish I could take credit for that line, but that's Hims. So try Hims for a month today for just five bucks. Seriously, you can get started for just five bucks while supplies last. See the website for full details. And remember, this would cost you hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. So go to Hims.com slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash three T's. Forhims.com slash TTT. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. 30 2010 would not exist without support from listeners like you. So if you could support us at patreon.com slash laser time, we'll pay you back with stuff. We'll get you a bunch of extra podcasts and commentaries, but specific to 30 2010, we will do a bonus show every month celebrating all the feedback we get from you, our listeners, um, talking about where you were when you saw a particular movie or defending it because I said that it sucked because I'm mean or just uh, go in more in depth about music, which I know we could talk about better. So here's a quick sample. Another production company got involved, and this is the second of our problematic association in, in 2005, Kevin Spacey's production company. You'll never believe what that production company's named, you guys. Uh, Young Drunk Boy? Uh-huh. Triggers. Pictures. <laughs> Oh, Wait, yeah. So Trigger Street Productions got involved. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, and so then. Wait a minute. You're telling me that Kevin Spacey was like excited about getting involved with a film <laughs> called, called Fanboys? Fan <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> On the set of Superman Returns, speaking of another fan of Fanboys, oh, Brian Singer. Brian Singer. <laughs> Kevin Spacey and George Lucas had a meeting where they flew George Lucas to the set in Australia with Kevin Spacey dressed up as Lex Luthor. No. And Kevin Spacey convinced uh, Lucas to let them film partly on Skywalker Ranch and to give his blessing on the film. So they got their production companies lined up. They got Lucas's blessing. They needed a distribution company. And like any small indie flick that had a lot of buzz at the time, guess who got involved? Uh, the Weinsteins. Uh, great, we're three for three. I'm out. Yes. Yeah. This is a trifecta. So, so the, the, the real life so, Jabba the Hutt. Tell us what you think every single month with your bonus episode of 302010 at patreon.com/slash and help support this show and the whole Laser Time Network. in with Can't Stand It by Wilco off of Summer Teeth, which is out this week. It's out this week, right? This week being uh, March 8th to the 14th. Welcome to 1999. It's hard to tell because of the Wilco. Because uh, they can kind of go in any day. Uh, we got some new releases. I like to mix it up. Yeah, we got some new releases this week that, that wouldn't help you either. Back to the Top by Van Morrison. Uh, all Your Dads Are Happy. Uh, oh my god, how do you say this? Boss, 
Bossolini mm-hmm. by Sea Murder. So. Now an actual murder. Murder, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. yeah, I, believe, yeah. I thought the story was uh, uh, there was a there was a fight and this fucking this fucking asshole like stuck a gun underneath a pile of people and just like pulled the trigger and like killed the dude. Uh, Holy shit! The gang's all here, but Dropkick Murphys and Have a Nice Day by Roxette. Oh boy, Dropkick Murphys, Jesus! Um, I was yeah. at, this is this is my peak Warp Tour years, and I just remember mm-hmm. saying like, mm-hmm. I get it, Dropkick Murphys. They're in the same label as these punk rock guys. I don't want to hear the gang's all here anymore. Yeah. And then Martin Scorsese <laughs> made them love love them all over again. Uh, Angel of Mine by Monica is still number one. Because of course it is. Um, <sighs> it will never stop. Oh, crap. I thought I had some dope news for 1999. That's for 2009. So okay. you're going to have to wait, mm-hmm. folks. Hold on. As we jump directly into the movies of, 2000, of, of 1999, March 8th to the 14th. Analyze <laughs> and this. They, they suck. Yeah. They're, they're, they're among oh. the worst. Yeah. We have, no, two of the worst movies in 99. Oh, right so? here, same week. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, now that I've changed everybody's mind on Analyze This. Yeah. No, um, no I don't think know. it worked. Uh, but maybe I can do the same thing with Baby Geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. we know the sequel is better. Obviously. But this one has Dom DeLuise, and he wouldn't be alive forever. It, it does suck. You know what's not a mark of quality? Christopher Lloyd. Mm. If, it's, yeah. if it's not a Zemeckis movie... Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen Turner, Kim Cattrall, and Peter Ooh. McNichol, and Baby, Baby Geniuses. Geniuses. These babies speak their own language. We just don't understand them. He's delusional. Don't have a cow, Basil. TriStar Pictures presents Zout, the story of what can happen yeah! when babies know too much. You're the one, baby! Too well. I gotta get a disguise. Smoking. And get a little too big for their diapers. I don't know what you're feeding that kid. We're gonna get some. Baby geniuses. Ready to PG. Jesus Christ. Uh, this is my face. <laughs> it's not good. So can we can we talk about the career of Bob Clark? Jesus Christ, is this Bob Clark? This is Por- Bob Clark. Porky's and Christmas stories, Bob Clark. Porky's Christmas stories, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Watchable movies. Murder mm. by Decree is supposed to be pretty good. And this, which he co-wrote. Wow. Ew. Probably Why? Probably because he wanted that John Hughes money. Ugh. Probably well, a... I mean, is this like there, there is just, only uh, only room for one talking baby movie, and that's Look Who's Talking. Yeah, but they yeah. didn't move their I'm mouths. Thinking, like, could I just yeah. could I just watch Snow Buddies or whatever? I mean, <laughs> it's just, just like the same. It's for the dumbest babies ever. Why are there talented people in this? Why did a talented person think this is a good idea? That's, but that's, <laughs> the babies are making poopy jokes. But that's why, like, I, I and I've never seen this. Obviously, oh, uh, I tried. I've never I seen. Tried. I've never seen this, but I think it's trying to bite off of Babe. And like you know those what? things that can't oh, talk. God. What if we move their mouth with CG and like? But Wait, it's, it's were a the babies human. moving their mouth with yeah. CG in this? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. And so like, but that's the thing. Like, I was cringing. If you're too doing hard. your job, it looks like a human's mouth moving. So like, the nuance is like totally lost unless yeah. you're completely knowledgeable of every cycle of a toddler. At least they didn't do that with Look Who's Talking. Right. Like it's in their head and it's yeah. funnier. Yeah. It's funnier. They get to be like Popeye. Uh, say things without moving ugh, their mouths. I love that, that shit. That movie looks ugh, like yeah, it's a, real bad. But it got a sequel. Abomination. Super geniuses. Yeah. Uh, it ugh. does. It does not get much better throughout the week. Uh, yeah. Uh, now this has a six on Metacritic, and Ebert called it the worst film of the year. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> what, it did very well at the Razzies, though. I yeah. <laughs> sweat well. the Razzies. 
I wonder what the corrupter did with Chow Yun Fat and Mark Wahlberg. It tried to make Chow Yun Fat a thing in English. The police commission is promising safe streets in Chinatown. Detective Daniel Wallace. Detective Nicholas Chen. Why does a white cop request the Asian gang unit? Chance to work with you. You don't change Chinatown, it changes you. Two men who can't be bought. Two cops who won't be stopped. Chow Yun Fat, Mark Wahlberg. The Corrupter. Corrupter. Mackie Mac. Mackie Mac. Chow gets top billing, bitches. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, he's the bigger, technically the bigger international star. Oh, yeah. Technically, he's the bigger star, but by by far. Um, It bums me out that Chow Yun-Fat never has done well in English, um, because he's such a huge star. He's so fucking good. Yeah. But it's just, acting in your second language is really hard, and English is, English is really fucking hard language, Mm -hmm. man. Um, He's in one of the most expensive live action movies ever made. Pirates of the Caribbean three, oh. yeah. So, assume, assuming he's got that, he's got that he money. He doesn't get to do anything cool. Nope. <laughs> I was so happy when I was like, Chinese pirates coming, fuck yeah! Because the Chinese pirates is like deserves to be like its whole movie series. There are some fascinating stories out of there, and he doesn't get to do anything. Can I say something um, that might sound super ignorant? I just want to put sure. it out there. You never asked permission before. I want to put this out there. Uh, been in New uh-huh. York a ton. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time in San Francisco and L.A. Uh, yeah. I always bought these movies premises of like Chinatown is overridden, Japantown is overridden. Like I've been to all these places now. Yeah. I've never felt safer. Yes. If, if the mafia Agreed. is here, they're doing a great job. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're doing a great job. The entire premise of like rush hour, like what are you talking about? And like, yeah, that's true. This is what, this is where white it's, people go to feel honestly, safe. Honestly, the most unsafe feeling about Chinatown is that any point a cop car is going to crash through a fruit stand and <laughs> knock melons onto me. <laughs> yeah, an innocent bystander. There's fruit and animals everywhere. Yet it's somehow cleaner than the street I lived on. Uh, with none <laughs> Oh, of I don't know about that. Depends on the time of day. If you walk through Chinatown, at night is the rats are mm, that's true. everywhere and i mean yeah i've been i've been down parts of chinatown where it was clearly like you are not wanted here or it's like okay there's the part where uh tourist shit whatever blah, blah, i just, blah, blah, blah. just want to get like, my set in at the stand-up club that's where yeah, it was and, like you go down an alley and like there's a back room and they're playing pie gal and they see you and they just shoot you the look of death. Uh, yes, there's and a lot. Slam of th- the door, and it's like, oh shit, something was going on. There's a lot of hands-free smoking, uh, and leering. Yeah, that's- Ag- aggressive, smoking, aggressive smoking mahjong. I'm assuming to the death because they're so fucking serious <laughs> about it. Which is one of those things. Like as a Jewish woman, I feel like mahjong is like part of my culture too. Sure. And I should get really good at mahjong, and then I should start like hustling in Chinatown, and then I'll be murdered. But it'd be a really yeah. fun way to die. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Your obit would yeah. be the bomb. Yes. I died because of Mahjong. She became too good at Mahjong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, getting back to The Corruptor, this movie's not great. It's okay. It's watchable. It's yeah, it's not especially worth recommending. It's interesting. It's directed by James Foley, who's not really an action director. Mm-hmm. He did Glengarry Glen Ross, and he's done the Fifty Jesus, Shades that's... sequels. <laughs> what? Weird. <laughs> Really weird career Why? again. What? What's he do? Hanging out with Bob Clark, pulling movies out of a hat? You can do whatever <laughs> yes. he wants. Uh, weird. It's also weird. I think I'm pretty sure I saw The Deep End of the Ocean. This is like a, uh, a big Lifetime movie. I know. I read the book. It, it's, it's about, I knew this was based on a book. Just yep. from the cinematography told me this is based on a book. Yeah. And, the, and the horrible title. The horrible movie title. Probably a great mm. book title. Deep uh, into the ocean. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Treat Williams, and Whoopi Goldberg. 
Is this possible? He came to the door to mow lawns. After nine years... The fingerprints match. Her son is home. He doesn't know who we are. He doesn't remember us. But a house isn't a home. I don't see why I have to live here. Unless the people inside... I've been doing fine without you. I don't think you have been, Vincent. ...are a family. All I want is for us to be happy. You'll let me do what I have to do. Michelle Pfeiffer, The Deep End of the Ocean, rated PG-13. Yuck. It's, this sounds like a really not fun flight of the navigator. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's a good joke. A kid disappears for eight years, comes back to his... Gotcha. But he hasn't aged. It's a really good movie. Yeah. We talked about it two years ago. Yeah. He aged in this movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember much about it except for it's... I think it's a better book than movie just because these kinds of... Mm. Weepies are generally better books than they are movies, and I've read my fair share of them. And um, just because it's just, it's more believable, and it's easier to get at someone when you're reading the word about like you know their internal feelings and stuff. Yeah, about stuff. I was just thinking that like in a book you get to hear what everyone's thinking, right? And they don't have to say it in sloppy dialogue. Uh-huh. <laughs> So you're in their exactly. heads literally and you can understand. Exactly. And like the I rem- what I remember from the book cuz it basically their kid gets kidnapped and then shows up and I I honestly don't even remember the details of like how all that happened and how it Probably went down. Probably some Kevin Callister shit. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Paint he just wandered off. I'm not exactly sure, but um yeah, the the scenes when they're going through like losing the kid and mm-hmm. like waiting for him to come back and going through the police and everything it, that is harrowing yeah. like that stuff is really stomach churning i remember from the book i honestly don't remember the m- too much from the movie so obviously it was pretty unremarkable can can i talk about michelle pfeiffer for a moment sure i thought she was she was like a household name when i was growing up mm-hmm. and i think this mm-hmm. sort of marked I, I want to say intentionally her picking more movies like this. Like, I don't, she didn't seem to want to be in blockbusters or action shit, but she was throughout yeah. like mm-hmm. my entire upbringing. And like, now this is like the only thing I see her in with the occasional Ant Man and Wasp uh, kind right. of stuff going on. But like, yeah, yeah that's true. And she yeah, was in that movie, late. like The Family the f- with Robert De Niro, I think. It's a mafia movie. Don't get too specific right. with the Sorry. title. Oh, oh, okay. Now it makes yeah. sense. No, I think uh, sort of mid to late 90s, she sort of semi-retired to, you know, raise her kids and live with David E. Kelly, of all people. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, right. He had like six shows on the air right now. Of right. course. Why would you work? Yes. Yeah. So he just she just sort of like semi-retired somewhere in the mid-90s and she just mm-hmm. pop up every now and then and she's an amazing actor and I want mm-hmm. her to do more stuff. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, she's one of those people that's like, please give this person more roles because she's actually a fucking great actor besides being one of the most beautiful women ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. My God. And the My God, she's amazing. Absolute best on-screen Catwoman ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Ever, ever. I- Fuck. Yes. I don't love it when she's in roles where she's playing a normal like mom person. It's like you're yeah. too gorgeous. You need to be like something insane. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like no, no, I just don't buy feel- her as a suburban mom. That's why I feel like it had to be no. intentional. That's like all she did after yeah. like uh not one fine day. That's another mom. Yeah. Uh but but yeah, all right. Anyway, moving the story on. Story of us. I'm not trying to. I'm not yeah. trying to career shame Michelle Pfeiffer. You've you've done enough. Scarface, Catwoman, rest. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> but we do have a a long awaited sequel. This is I love no. this category of sequels that nobody asked for, and even yeah. fans are miffed. Right. Uh, Amy Irving, Jason London, Emily Burgle, Burgle, as in like stole. I don't mm. know how to pronounce her name. The Rage Colon. The butt is pronounced. Carrie too. Sometimes I really wish I could just be one of the shiny, happy people. 
What if you had the power to move objects with your mind? And what if everyone around you gave you a reason? Come on, this girl's just a skank. To use it. <laughs> Okay. So uh, for my I had the same reaction when I first watched this trailer. Uh, I was like, okay, standard trailer, and there's the ninety nine yeah. from nineteen ninety five to nineteen ninety nine. Put that sucker in a second gear. Come on, guys. If you were marketing at the eighteen thirty four demographic, it was required you use white zombies drag. Yeah. You had to do it. <laughs> you had to dig through those ditches and burn through the bitches. I don't know the lyrics, despite how many times I've heard it. <laughs> Because I didn't see this because, like, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it mm-hmm. because, like, uh, I, I've I've caught up on my films, but like this and to a to a lesser extent, Halloween, like Halloween mm-hmm. H H two O, Halloween Water. Uh, I didn't know what the fuck that was. Like, I'm clearly the demographic to see this, but I don't. I'm too young to have ever seen Halloween. Mm-hmm. And this came out and like I hadn't seen Carrie. Like who is this for? It's for the mm. it's for the urban legend scream crowd and like but we don't know Carrie at all. Right. And like even now like I think I I'm, if I saw this I saw it before the original Carrie. And I've definitely oh seen it. I've definitely seen Carrie several times since mm-hmm. and it's it's phenomenal. But uh I don't know why you make a sequel to this. In, in in 1999, Ugh, how frustrating! It started a sequel. It's sort of a remake. Right. Um, I guess they they update some of. I mean, yeah. The one thing maybe Carrie doesn't speak to kids these days is that it's very 70s looking. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, just hair and clothes and whatever. But so I guess we'll make it 99, and we'll make it more about like s- sexually aggressive boys, and that's who she's getting revenge Why? on. I'll tell you what Who didn't go cares? to style. Uh, Who torturous cares? And you bring in poor Amy Irving just to make it have something to do with something. It just it feels like just like a, a bad a bad remake. I mean, that you just dragged her into teen angst was very in at that point. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe they mm-hmm. were trying to tap into that vein a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's like would... a bad version of she's all that. Like the girl gets revenge. I don't know. I don't how know. long ago did we talk about the? Cra- how long do we? How long ago did we talk about the craft? Oh, like, I feel like that was we the. We talk about the craft we every have, week. That was the '90s story. We, yeah. that were like we powerful chicks who aren't afraid of shit. Whereas oh. Carrie's like this yeah. constant victim. Like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this is what people wanted to see in 1999. Uh, but I'll, I definitely know that's the case for the next film, which I hope Oof. wasn't number one. And this no. It, Oh. It wasn't. It made no money and everyone hates it. I have actually watched this movie. So have I. But it's like, I don't have enough but... knowledge. I, I started reading an article about the differences between the game and the movie. And my eyes started to peel back and recede into my skull. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I couldn't yeah. read any further. About Wing Commander. Starring <laughs> Saffron Burroughs, Matthew Lillard, uh, and Freddie Prinze Jr. As of 6 a.m. this morning... We are formally at war with the Kilrathi. In the final battle for Earth, a team of untested pilots. Lieutenant J.G., Christopher Blair. Todd, Maniac Marshall. Lieutenant Commander Devereux. Is our last hope. Did you just do that to impress me? For survival. Prepare for the jump. Wish me luck. Gear up. Battle stations, battle stations. Lock on. Yeah! And strike back. It's not bad. From 20th Century Fox. Get out! Get out! I really 
don't like this guy at all, man. Freddie Prince Jr., Saffron Burroughs, Matthew Lillard, Jackie Cario. I got two more bogeys coming in hot, six o'clock. This year. All right, ladies, let's do it. At the edge of the universe, all hell will break loose. Wing Commander. I love this baby. <laughs> you know, it's more fun if you imagine this as a Scooby-Doo origin story. <laughs> <laughs> we were in a ton of movies together. Yeah. Uh, but this is the most Matthew Lillard Matthew Lillard role. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like everything is just toned yeah. down and unwatchable. I have a direct quote uh, from Freddie Prince Jr. Mm -hmm. He says, I can't stand it. I can't watch one scene of the movie. I read the script and loved it. And so did my buddy Matthew Lillard. We both got the parts. We went on location and they said, here's the new script. It was a piece of shit. Mm. I, mean, I love wow. when people just admit yeah no this i love sucks. that too yeah i mean that's 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 the weird the the, the weirdness of this uh, gamers are sort of reeling in this right now as we've seen the sonic the hedgehog from the new sonic movie mm -hmm. yeah. and it looks ridiculous and we've had 30 years to see sonic wing commander is a series that sort of like to came into my field of view haha pc joke uh mm. because it had live action cutscenes, most notably starring Mark Hamill, oh. mm -hmm. and and so like it had a realized world in film, and so it it mm. like takes this thing that like either people don't know about or people really do know about, and they change everything. They yeah. <laughs> change everything. Like there's been multiple games to establish this world in both like tone, uh, and, and, and canon and visually, and they just kind of throw it all out. What is the point of that? I don't know, but like, but like that's I, I have to imagine. It rose to prominence the same way I saw it. Like some guy, did you know Mark Hamill is still mm. in a sci-fi movie mm -hmm. on your mm -hmm. computer? Or some news story I saw <laughs> in like 1998, and they optioned it. But uh, yeah, like it, this was for no one because like Wing Commander. Like oh, I don't know anybody who loves that series anyway. Um, I think it was just tech. It, 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 Technically impressive cutscenes. I don't know anything about the gameplay. What I do remember, Diana, we've seen mm -hmm. the Matrix trailer. Uh -huh. But what we haven't seen is constant bullet time in a movie. Yeah, constantly. No, we have not <laughs> until Wing Commander, and they they I feel like they used it more in their promotional materials than The Matrix did. Mm -hmm. But it's for like yes. Matthew Lillard spilling his cereal. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that bar. I was like, that's what you chose to. Yeah, that? and not okay. not the key, not the fucking uh, Neo Limbo mm -hmm. as we dodge bullets. Uh, yeah, Wing well, Commander. part oh. of the problem is yeah, I know nothing about the game. Uh, this movie, I watched it, was indecipherable. Like, it seems really straightforward in the, the trailer that it's Top Gun in space. Bitchin'. <laughs> I love Top Gun in space. Right. I love that you actually name-check Chucky Cario in the, the trailer. Mm. That's cool. He's a, hey, it's that guy. It's nice to hear him get some respect. But they spend so much time trying to explain the, like, the physics of wormhole jumping to spots mm. to get to a thing and then we've got to do the blank de blah and that's when we get <laughs> the bullet time and then we have to use the super cover clerks and that will get us over here but then the bad guys are over there and it's going to take us and maybe if we take the i5 to the 605 all right, all right. and then we get off an anaheim all right before you get into a full episode of the californians i'm going to need a rewrite on all of this oh my and god that's exactly what it is <laughs> holy shit <laughs> uh yeah this this it movie is so so incomprehensibly boring that I, they spent all this time explaining shit that doesn't matter and no one cares and i worked in a medium where we we 
you know me and your husband, Diana. We constantly went back to the well of making fun of bad video game movies. Uh, oh, yes. We forget this exists. Like, it's like, that's how Good. unremarkable <laughs> it is. Like, we just like, oh, yeah, shit. I forgot that. I- I'm not watching it. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching that again. Uh, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Dull, it's dull, so, dull. It's so, like, it's not a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I don't think it's a movie. I don't know if it has a plot or characters. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, well, the trailer says it does. <laughs> Allegedly. Well, we might see some better sci-fi in the TV of this week, mm. but only very technically. Um, mm. Strange World debuts. Yeah, this only went on for uh, about 13 episodes, mm. but it's a story of a, a guy from the army mm. who was suffering from some degenerative disease that um, came from maybe some exposure to a chemical in the Gulf War, and then a mysterious woman comes and cures him, and then the army wants him to come back and work for him, and there's some nefarious stuff going on. That's at least what I could glean. What a strange world. Yeah, right? <laughs> just, okay. Yeah, I get it. Composure. Composure. Um, I don't know. Someone else tell us if it was any good. Uh, television, March 8th to the 14th, also on the 8th. I'm guessing a rerun of John Stossel. No. Teens. What makes them tick? I put, I'm put. i putting oh, this Christ. out here because I could not find a clip from it. No, I, I so, looked it up before. Yeah. Because it's aired. Unless it was. The, it's the sequel. Uh, ticks. What makes them teens? <laughs> I'm guessing age. Uh, <laughs> John Stossel will cover Someone anything. find us the, a clip from this, though. I'm dying to know what John teens. Stossel thinks of please teens tell in me 1999. How, please show oh, me how John no. Stossel figured out teens in 1999. Please. Just a walking mustache. I know. Of, yeah. What makes a teen tick? An ill-humored libertarian <laughs> mustache. Or if you're feeling uh, more hatred for John Stossel, <laughs> just Google John Stossel wrestling. And he asks a angry wrestler, why are you so fake? And then he gets beat up and John Stossel sues forever. But it's it's hilarious because he gets really beat up. I'd be down to watch that. Oh, it's so much fun. Um, Frasier. Yeah. On, uh, <gasps> on 311. So this is like... <laughs> so. Considered one of the best episodes of Frasier ever. The dinner party. I was about to party. say, this might be the best episode of Frasier so. ever. Top it's, three. It's Top up three. there. It's Ooh, one of my explain. favorites. Um, well, Frasier and Niles decide to throw a dinner party together. Oh, to spend it, Frasier. And hijinks ensue. Oh. And I actually had a hard time picking a clip from this because there's a great scene. I The, pick that I, the clip that I did not pick is a great scene of them dissecting a... Um, voicemail message that was left for them where Whoa. the couple is like RCPing to their dinner party and then thought they hung up the phone and then they didn't and then they start talking about how weird they Frazier and Niles are and how there's something and so that's great right. but instead oh, I that's picked so, that's so good I thought that was what it was going to be no. immediately because it's like well if you invite one you get that other one <laughs> and then they were like they start arguing about who's the other one <laughs> and they were like does it matter yeah it's so good but instead I picked the other better scene which is the black ball scene where they're trying to figure out who they're going to take uh or who they're going to invite to this dinner party Mm -hmm. and so they keep vetoing each other's suggestions so they give each person gets like a certain amount of black balls where they'll Mm -hmm. be like the johnsons no you know or whatever so anyways it's just so quick it's so it's just so great (laughs) everyone black (laughs) balls Why? No, no, no. We never question the black ball. We just bow to its will. <laughs> Fine. Nina and Arch Duncan. The drunken Duncans? Have you lost your... <laughs> Wait a minute. You loathe the Duncans. You just want me to waste a black ball. That's insane. I adore the Duncans. 
Really? Well, then, perhaps I've misjudged them. Very well, Niles. The Duncans it is. Nina and Arch. Oh, stop it. They're hideous. Well, oh, <laughs> about the Wolperts? Oh, I, I like the Wolperts. Finally. Yes. Oh, the Gordons. I love the Gordons. Now we're rolling. How about the DeFalcos? Blackball. She is a twit. How about the Whitneys? Oh, Blackball. He's adult. Cromwell's? Blackball. Look, if you're going to... Wait a minute. You're out of Blackball. This is a dried-up old fig. So is Missy Cromwell. I don't want her at my party. I'm sorry. Rule the rules. The Cromwells are in the game. Oh, Fraser, you are the living one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Missy Cromwell is a dried up old fig. <laughs> I, I'm, this is like some of what Fraser does best. Just the like, yeah. very, when they're not doing great physical humor and slapsticky mm-hmm. stuff, they're doing very rapid fire silliness, which is, I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Also, when I was watching this in 99, when I was in, eighth grade mm-hmm. this is what i imagined my life would be like having fancy dinner parties where we like pick out a beautiful menu and when have i someday fancy... know enough people to blackball from my dinner party now oh. now i have a hard time gathering people together yes. to order a pizza uh, everyone canceled at the last minute yeah uh. yeah no this one's so good because it's one of those things that i mean technically it's a bottle episode mm-hmm. it's just two characters and they're in a room and they have a topic Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it's it's very stagey, and they're both really good stage actors. So, right. oh my god, right? Because I, I always say I like love this. I don't love Fra- Frasier, mm-hmm. but I think that's because I don't love Frasier Crane. But like, I love Niles. Crane. Oh, Niles is great. I, yeah, like I will watch any any YouTube video with Niles in it. Yeah, um, and Frasier does all these sorts of bodily type episodes really well. They do them over and over again. There are only three locations in Frasier universe. That is his house. <laughs> The uh, the radio station and the um, coffee shop, ah, which is called yeah. Cafe Nervosa. Clever, right? Fraser right? right? They won Emmys, right? Huh. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunches of bunches. Um, speaking of a sitcom character redemption stuff, uh, just just real quick for me, mm-hmm. uh, my dad and I fell in love with a little guy on the show called Doctor Cats, mm-hmm. called Ray Romano. And then he got a sitcom produced by um, my dad and I's hero, David Letterman. And we watched it and like, I don't care for that at all. Uh, and I kind of never watched it. And it's, you know, I've seen episodes here and there. It's fine. But I, I love Ray Romano. And one of the things I love about him, I, I, I forgot to mention this in our best of the year. Like, I really love Get Shorty, mm. the TV show. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. It's really good. With Chris O'Dowd? It's fucking excellent. Yeah. It's, it, 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 I, I'm ashamed to admit that I, I, I watched it. All in one big giant binge, okay. like early in the year. I've and, known about it, and I wasn't sure about it, but now I want to. And, and part it. of that is because a Chris O'Dodd is playing like he's not the charming Irish guy. He's like, I will fuck you up in a second, break yeah. your neck, break you in half. I am seven foot four for a reason now. And then Ray <laughs> Romano, like, just really acting and being pathetic mm-hmm. is just. He's a good actor. <laughs> yeah. He's an yeah. excellent comedic actor. He was great in The Big Sick. And, and oh God, yeah. Yeah, he, he, I, I love, like, so I am now the biggest Ray Romano fan. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I became that again when he hosted SNL this week. Uh, and if you. Oh. Yeah, he hosted SNL yeah. on the 13th. Ooh, I think <laughs> I know. He delivers this. Per- I think it's, I think it's uh, a phrase that I still use and I really shouldn't. <laughs> he delivers this odd performance. It's like, it's just this funny thing about this uh, uh, 
color commentator on ESPN who can't mm-hmm. fit in because his catchphrases suck, <laughs> but then like delivers this speech at the end, like, holy shit, you have achieved every man status and you have won the hearts of the audience and you're getting laughter. And it's like, it's one of the best acting performances I've seen of a first time SNL mm-hmm. guest star. Uh, but I love this. It might be a little long, but I think this is this always makes me and Dave like really fucking laugh. ESPN commentator who can't get his <laughs> can't get his commentary well, straight. The Phoenix Coyotes are having the best year in history, and it's all due to the play of one Jeremy Roenick. Roenick shoots, he scores, and he celebrates like a slave who made it to the north. Oh, man. You better watch what you're saying. You better watch what you're saying. We're out. We're out. All right, look, that's it. Listen, you're done. Just get out of here. I'll do the rest of this myself. Well, sweet sassy molassie, I'm trying my best here. Sweet sassy molassie, get him out of here before he says that again. All right, come on, let's go. All right, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Well, let me just say one thing. I always wanted to be a sports anchor. Yet clever metaphors and catchphrases escape me. Like a fat girl waving her trophy from the smell contest. (laughs) But I want you to listen here. I'm not giving up, all right? I'll be back. If it takes me 200 years, I'll be back. Lord sweet Pappy Johnson with an erection. I will be back. (laughs) No, you won't. (laughs) That is so good. Oh, wow. Love you, Ray. So... Oh, I just I remember so many people talking about this the next day and talking about like they said some crazy racist shit on uh, on SNL and it was hilarious. Yeah, because was- he keeps his commentary keeps being about the race of the athlete, yes. <laughs> including yelling "sweet sassy molassie" black <laughs> athlete. And uh, yes, Which, it works because if Tim it's taken out of context, I feel like maybe I get away with it when I just say it in my head. But I should probably never ever say it out loud again. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but it's so much fun to say. You say "sweet Georgia Brown." Just, don't say it to black people though. That's horrible. Say it to yourself or your dog. Well, what the fuck is Due South? Uh, Due South was a show about a Mountie. So it's not Northern Exposure. Okay. I always get them confused for some reason. Yeah, right. same here. Good. Well, that's uh, over. So none of us have seen it. <laughs> Um, but I think a, a really fun episode of that '70s show uh, airs. What? Oh shit! Do South was created by Paul Haggis? That I did not know. Uh, the Crash guy? He can do no wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's about yeah. He's a mountain. He works with another detective, and mm. he's so clean cut and nice and stuff because he's Canadian. From his daughter ah. to his church to his race, solving racism. Paul Haggis can do no wrong. True. Um, <laughs> but uh, that 70s show, to, to, to take the, the taste of Wing Commander out of your mouth, uh, airs an episode called A New Hope. Guess where they're going? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's And I do, sort of, I do sort of love that. And I know I feel like we've, we've just we've talked about fanboys. We'll talk a lot more about it in uh, the bonus episode, patreon.com slash laser time. But uh, the vibe before Star Wars hit, and it was just an organic part of that 70s show. Like, we haven't heard of this movie. Planet of the Apes is the best movie you've ever seen 10 years ago. Now, all of a sudden, <clears throat> these teenagers get to see Star Wars for the first time when it comes out because it's all the world is talking about. And I think it's a really cute episode. And before Family Guy cast every one of its characters as Star Wars characters for almost a whole episode, there's mm-hmm. a big giant fantasy sequence. Uh, I do like this this scene when they're high. Yes, I know they never say that they're high, but let's be honest. Whenever the camera is in the center of them in the basement, 
They're all high. <laughs> I don't know. If I hit this guy, Don is just going to be pissed. No, man. Chicks dig that stuff. I mean, Leia, right? She acted like she was mad at Han. But I could tell she liked him. Castle man, what are you, an idiot? Leia likes Luke. I mean, she kissed him on that bridge. Oh. <laughs> Just for luck. <laughs> Guys, I have a real problem here. Sorry, but... Uh, it it starts, yeah, I love that clip. It starts off like it's just normal Star Wars banter, but like, yeah, if you saw that first movie first, Luke and Leia were supposed to end up together, and that's pretty clear where George Lucas was taking things. Funny, 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 but moving on to television, um, we got to get into games real fast. King of Fighters 98 comes to PS1. I don't have a lot to say about King of Fighters, but in arcades, one of my favorite game series has begun loosely around this time period in 1999. Hey, hey, come on over. Have some fun with Crazy Taxi. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so every Crazy Taxi from... Uh, I think they finally were unable to license the Offspring song, mm-hmm. All I Want. Mm-hmm. But this pleasant, lovely... <laughs> Crazy Taxi Game, a game about picking people up and dropping them off as fast as possible. That's fun. Had nothing but bad religion offspring songs. I'm not putting my money in something that yells at me like that. Hey, Diana! (laughs) But that's... that's, No. Like you're at a carnival. But that's the thing, like, when you watch, like, Minority Report, like, that's already what arcades were. I want to Mm. ear and eye rape you as hard as I can Mm. so you pay attention to this machine. Mm -hmm. Most of that's gone now, and most people turn that shit down, but that's what it was. Uh, Put your dollar in me. Two dollars in me. (laughs) Uh, Yes, but Crazy Taxi debuts and is a fucking great series, and uh, I think Sarah will fight anyone who says otherwise. That's right. Fight my battles for me, Sarah. Fisticuffs. Um, But that about wraps up the 1999 segment, so let's go out with uh, more money, more cash. Uh, More hose remix from (laughs) by. Jay-Z off I walked the, down the aisle to that song. Off the, <laughs> it's fine when you have one hoe. It means he eliminated his other hoes. That's right. Or let them go. But yes, we will be right back with 2009. Stay tuned for what I think it might be my favorite movie of this whole show. This more money, more cash, more hoes, More money, more cash, more hoes. More money, more cash, more hoes. More money, more cash, more hoes. More money, more cash, more Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I feel like a millennial. But then I have vivid memories of rotary phones and black and white TVs, right. which feels bizarre to me. Yeah, I, I mean, be, depending on like which metric you use, I could either be Gen X or Millennial, right. but I always identify with Millennials because we, we, I don't define myself by hating other people's music and that, whatever else. That's true. Just kidding, we, just and kidding. We had uh, access to the internet maybe a little early thanks to our, some of our school programs yeah. and computers, so we were pretty quick to adopt those exactly. things. It's so weird to have memories that exist in black and white. You you color them in as time goes on. Right. But like, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of that show in color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, I just saw so many shows like that. The first season of Friends I saw in black and white. So like, just fuck. I, I, I remember trying to do research like what was the year and why was the last black and white TV produced? And I could never get to the bottom of it because they still sell new ones on Amazon. 
Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. All the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of March 8th through the 14th, uh, yeah, got a quick recommend for you. Uh, 1969 this week saw the release of Charo, uh, one of Elvis's lesser things. And also The Love Bug with Dean Jones. Oh, great. Uh, but as the perfect counter-programming, the next day after The Love Bug is released, sees the release of Mondo Trajo, John Waters' uh, directorial debut and feature film uh, starring Divine. And so, I mean, easy recommend this week. Uh, I don't know, I've seen Mondo Trajo, but John Waters movies, comma, all. Just go for it. Uh, you need an introduction, maybe something a little easier, mainstream. We've talked about Peckers, a lot of fun. We've talked about Hairspray is a lot of fun. Probably don't start with like pink flamingos. <laughs> um, it's very gritty and weird and unsettling on purpose. That's the whole point is this outsider art. Um, but it's fun whenever outsider art gets a budget and he can just do his weird stuff in a normal looking movie. Like I said, like Pepper, Pecker or, or Hairspray, something like that. I think we got Cecil B. Demented coming up too, which is, has a lot of fun shit in it. So. Hey, congratulations, John Waters. 50 fucking years in this business. Um, and he's a cool guy. And, like, any books he's written are fun. Audiobooks especially, because just he's he's just different. He's, like, his own little genre over there. So that's it for this week. Stay classic. Oh, we are rocking that thing with rocking that thing. Uh, by the dream off of love and money out this week. Uh, welcome to 2009, everybody. March 8th to the 14th. We have some new music releases, as always. Uh, we got two by uh, Miss Miss Clinton, <laughs> the hacker. Nope, Miss Kitten. Oh, my bad. I really see an L there. Still do. I can't. So, I can't not so see the much music. Uh, <laughs> so much music every time in 2009. I try to put in just about like everything that mm-hmm. got like more than a thousand people bought, and I always look for one that's just like a cool band name. Mm. I like Miss Kitten and the Hacker. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Untitled 23, not so much by the Church, but uh, who knows? Maybe that's a great album. Supporting K, uh, supporting cast by the by Propagandi, a band I've seen way too many times live. Uh, not without a fight by Newfound Glory, another band I've seen way too many. Uh, All I Ever Wanted by Kelly Clarkson, uh, Round 2 by Jay Holiday, Face Control by Handsome Fur, Scream by Chris Cornell. Oh, RIP, buddy. Uh, Speed of Light by uh, Corbin Blue, It's Blitz by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and All the Plans by Star Sailor. Right Round by Flo Rida is still number one. And Kelly Clarkson, having an album out this week, will explain a little bit of television for you. Mm, Big spoiler. 2009. This is going to get fun. News, Diana. (sighs) 
Oh man, I love that these happen on the same day mm -hmm. because they're so so perfect. Uh, March twelfth, Bertie Madoff pleads guilty to eleven federal felonies. Doesn't even try for a plea deal. Just says, "Yep, you got me." Um, please sentence me to all the jail because I ran the world's largest Ponzi scheme and I don't want to implicate like my kids or anybody else. So just put it all on me, please. And I'll go to jail. He is sentenced to 150 years in prison. Prosecutors estimate his Ponzi fraud to be worth about $64.8 billion. Fuck. Wow. Fuck. <laughs> oh, going back around to uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. She mm -hmm. was in the HBO movie playing his wife. Really? With De Niro. With De Niro. With De Niro. She's not yeah. going to be married to the... All right, all right. I, won't, I won't harp on that that fact. But uh, a while back, didn't we do a, a laser time that Sammy put together about um, the the big recession? Yes, or the, yeah. The big short mm -hmm. era recession. Mm -hmm. And he found these clips, and I couldn't, because mm -hmm. they're like, they've been... The Comedy Central has sort of scrubbed them for the internet, or made them exclusive to their site, which is impossible to wade through. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the 12th, this should be TV, but this made... National news. Yeah, it's bigger than TV. Yeah, we talked about the influence of uh, the Daily Show, especially hosted by John Stewart. And then on the same day, uh, Jim Cramer appears on the Daily Show, not because he's promoting anything, but because he's answering to somebody. Yeah. And this is his judgment day. All day. The the next mm. the next day, the news was about this. Mm -hmm. Look at John Stewart really tearing into him. Let's give some context to what John Stewart's talking about. Like John Stewart's a comedian. You're supposed to do this. That's why the that's why the Daily Sh we talk so long about the Daily Show. It's so fucking disheartening. Yeah, uh, and I know I, I know how John Stewart. I remember like I thought he was complaining too much back in the day, but like why is this on me? <laughs> why is it on me to confront Jim Cramer, uh, mm. CNBC's financial news analyst, mm -hmm. who lied to people forever about things he either saw or claimed to see? I I choose to think about the whole because we again we talked mm -hmm. about this a lot when mm -hmm. with John Stewart premiered, mm -hmm. but like. I choose to, it is disheartening because yes, he is doing what the news should be doing. Mm -hmm. He's a comedy dude. Mm -hmm. But I also find it like very exciting and hopeful too mm -hmm. because he made news digestible for people who weren't otherwise consuming the news right. and made news junkies out of a whole generation of people who I think normally would not have been. Why and he, didn't any other news outlet opt to talk to the figurehead of financial news in the wake of a disaster like this? They didn't, and and the only reason this and guy you know came what? on is because he made a public sh a public mockery of him for multiple nights in a row. Well, and who knows? Maybe they tried, but Jim Cramer might have like underestimated. I don't have to show John up on the real Stewart. news. Yeah, but I'm not I... gonna get like a real hard hitting interview, and then oh boy, was he wrong? No, I, but I, I feel it's 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 <laughs> like what I said that mm -hmm. he he can avoid uh, people on CNN, but like talking to John Stewart after he publicly mocked him turned millions of people on to like what he did wrong mm -hmm. and his excuse mm -hmm. fucking blows yeah and so what i love about this it's i didn't get you a clip of the daily show it's the news talking about the daily oh. show uh wow. cbs news mr kramer no it was thursday night's daily show where host john stewart skewered cnbc financial pundit jim kramer i can't reconcile the brilliance and knowledge that you have of the intricacies of the market with the crazy bull I see you do every night. There's a market for it, and you give it to them, and I think There's we do... There's a market for cocaine and hookers. <laughs> you knew what the banks were doing, and yet were touting it for months and months. The entire network was. And so now to pretend that this was some sort of crazy once-in-a-lifetime tsunami that nobody could have seen coming 
is disingenuous at best and criminal at worst. But like a prosecutor bearing down on a decidedly uncomfortable witness, Stewart argued that the financial network, and by extension much of the business press, had given the public a false sense of financial security. Why is... <laughs> Sorry, it's still, yes, it's still really yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it's still really frustrating. But and if you want to like hear the actual clips from yeah. it and everything, definitely go back and listen to our laser time about the recession. It's so good. Yeah, like Sam, it's something Sam's I'm really proud of. Way more knowledgeable on Sam that did stuff than I am. Such a good job and, with it. And yeah, I, as much as I try and pay attention, I have proved to you over and over again I'm as dumb as shit. <laughs> uh, but Sam knows all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but movies of 2009 swinging you back into the apolitical glory of, of movies. Uh, <laughs> movies, March 8th through the 14th. Julia with Tilda Swinton and Saul Rubinick. Diana will say something about this, I guess. <laughs> yep. Um, this barely got a release. It did well at uh, some of the European film festivals because uh, about Tilda Swinton plays uh, a recovering alcoholic who gets pulled into this like kidnapping scheme. Um, it practically went direct to video in the US, but it's supposed mm. to be pretty good. And I yeah. like me some Tilda Swinton. So I'm just leaving Same. it in. Uh, Love the Beast starring Eric Bana, Jay Leno, Jeremy Clarkson and Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize I put Jay Leno in there. Oh, oh, I, I, thought, like, Jeremy Clarkson. I thought you were trying to Ron Burgundy. Yeah, I thought you know, I no. thought he was like playing two different characters or something. Yeah, I'm very diverse. No, well, I can be a lot of different people. If you have Jeremy Clarkson and Jay Leno, what do you think this is about? Uh, cars. Yes, thank you. Vroom, this vroom. is actually a documentary Eric Bana made about his first car. Ooh. Um, Sign me uh, up. Jesus. Never did watch this. And just, you know, I mean, it sounds like fun if you're a gearhead. And just, I love the, the statistic that it made $700,000 Australia. In <laughs> Australian. And that makes it the second highest grossing documentary in their history. Wow. 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 It's like, okay. No, I mean, that's good money, man. See, but even sure. though it could be called Narcissism the Movie. But uh, Eric, Eric Bana, that, that, that reminds me of the movie I really want to recommend the most, this segment, because Eric mm. Bana was originally in that version of the movie. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I'll talk about it in a second. The Cake Eaters is also out this week with Kristen Stewart, Aaron Staver, Bruce Dern, Elizabeth Ashley, and directed by Mary Stewart Masterson. I did not know she that directed That we talked about back in Chances Are. This is her, her directorial debut. Oh. Um, and it's another one that did well uh, at festivals. Got a lot of praise, especially for Kristen Stewart, and then just kind of dropped off the map, probably because that the title's terrible. It's not yeah. bad. <laughs> it's not good. It's not. But I look let at them it eat and I that. Just, probably just because I was watching uh, uh, what's it called? A series of fortunate events. I just want to call it the cake, sni- cake sniffers. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Kristen Stewart plays uh, a girl in a small town who's got uh, a degenerative disease, uh, some kind of ataxia, and. Um, her mom is, you know, very keeps her a bit sheltered, and then when she meets a boy, and she might not have a lot of time left, and yeah, okay, man, and I, yeah, I, have. I have definitely seen the next movie um, in a smaller world with a lot with uh, not a lot of sketch comedy and with a lot less information. I, I really love Why Does Kids You Know. I think that that show holds up pretty well, mm. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot. Some some of the actors are better than others. And uh, yep. then two of them decided to make a movie without any of the other people, and I, and I remember thinking like, what the fuck happened there? They're just not. They're not even. They don't even have cameos. I believe you have uh, uh, Craig Robinson playing Dot Mpeg, hmm. uh, the pimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to win back Miss March, Miss March, Zach Gregor, Trevor Moore, 
Raquel Alisi. She's a solid seven. She's a seven? Grew up to become Miss March. Oh my God. We're going to the Playboy Mansion. I'm saving myself for my girlfriend. You a virgin? Look at me. This is a party bus. There's only one rule. You got to party. You like this? Then come and get it. Miss March, rated R. You ever have like people you really like? And have put a lot of faith in that make one of the worst things you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Miss March, baby. Miss mm-hmm. March. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, but, uh, the other movie out, another movie out this week that I also saw, uh, Last House on the Left, the remake. Mm. With Tony Gold mm-hmm. and Monica Again? Potter. Mm. We're going full circle with the rape and revenge. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah Paxton, Garrett Dillahunt, and I think, uh, what's her name from Lost? But, like, I really thought they would pull back on the rapey in this modern retelling of Wes Craven's Last House and Left. They did not. I was pretty shocked by that. They delivered almost the same experience and which also made it like, why? Yeah. Uh, we already have this movie, mm. but Last House and the Left remake, 2009. She's shot. Can you tell us who did this to you? What are we going to do? We don't have a car. The phones are dead and they're still here. This means we're ready to do anything. Oh God, that slow covers fucking trailer music from every oh, movie. Oh man, yeah, that sweet child of mine. Uh, terrible, terrible. Well, I don't. I didn't hate the, the movie. Is not bad at all. It just mm-hmm. like doesn't justify its existence totally because I just thought they'd made it make a more a mildly more palatable version of the Last House on the Left. And to the credit and discredit, they didn't. Uh, it, it's a lot of the same shit that would bother you in the original. So I say go mm. watch the original. Um, mm. And Yeah, this, uh, this, what always bothers me about rape revenge films is mm. they have just up front, they have to show such horrible things being done to somebody. Yep. And it's like, you, you actually don't have to right. do you really that. Don't. You can have you, an, you can have you, an attempted rape revenge movie. It's I've seen it before. Yeah, or you could just do it a little more stylistically. So we we don't need to watch the rape mm-hmm. because, and it's not just like, well, you need to see how horrible it is so you can see why she's going to do these horrible things. It's like I just I worry about like is like ten percent of the audience getting off on this? <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah. Somewhere someone is jerking off to this, and I, I'm afraid now. I I, I would only hasten like. to differentiate those because it comes from that exploitation era where it's like, if we're gonna make this movie with this rating, we can show whatever we want. We might as well go for broke. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they are sort of appealing to like, well, you gotta have tits in here for some reason. Why don't we make it part of the plot? And then it becomes, yeah, <sighs> tugging my right, collar. Please don't tugging yeah. my collar. How about this? I'll go back exactly. to. I I thought about Eric Bana because one of my favorite movies I never hear anybody talk about is Chopper, mm-hmm. his breakthrough uh-huh. movie where he plays the yeah. real life criminal character Chopper, mm. uh, one of the most notorious uh, <laughs> locked up and re-released criminals in Australian history. And uh, mm-hmm. this week, Tom Hardy plays a very similar character with ah. uh, Bronson. Mm-hmm. Bronson, uh, based on a real guy. Holy shit, I hope you like Tom Hardy nude. My name's Charles Bronson. And all my life, I've wanted to be famous. I knew I was made for better things. I just didn't know what happened. This is the post office I did over. This is what I got away with. And this is what they gave me. Seven years. 
You'll be out in four. It's it's a it's a pretty movie. Uh, if I was programming double yeah. features, which is always my dream, it would be with a Bronson Chopper double feature, a real life mm-hmm. criminal, and oh, I would say the best blackface sequence. Mm. And only because do you, know, do you know what I'm talking about, Die? I'm making a joke. Uh, it's not blackface. It's, it's black everything. He several sequences in the movie. He like takes over the prison and covers his enti- like gets completely naked and mm-hmm. covers his body in oil. So he's just this all black figure, mm-hmm. swinging dick and everything mm-hmm. uh, to intimidate the shit out of guards. Like come at me. And it's this is another uh, kind of a breakthrough for Tom Hardy. What is this? Bronson. Yeah. What is, no, I know that, but I mean, so, like, what is the story of this movie? Uh, it's just it's okay, one of those. So it's. <clears throat> go for it. Uh, it's no, it's a true story of uh, just a lifelong criminal who's just a mean motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just, he, he robs, he steals, he punches people. He gets into prison and he just keeps punching people and stealing and hurting people. He's just completely unreformable. Mm. And it's just about how, you know, he, he beats up some dudes in prison and then the guards kick the shit out of him. And then he gets more time and they move him to another prison and he starts breaking stuff and he escapes to the roof and starts causing damage. And they move him to another prison and he keeps doing it. As someone who's going to be in prison for absolutely the rest of his life, he's never actually killed anybody, mm-hmm. but he cannot be released. Right. He's... He He's just chaos. loves He's, hurting people so much. Just an agent of well, it's chaos. Like, uh, well, psychopath, yes. sociopath, like uh, one yeah. of those people who just really doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not trying to revere this kind of person. I just think these movies are fascinating. No. And, and like and, and like Chopper, this with this dude where he was arrested because he's in the paper every fucking week. Yeah. Is a local hero, which is what he wants right. too. Like that's well, no, the point I, of it, exactly. right? Like, I think... Yes. Okay, so I haven't seen this movie, mm-hmm. but now I really want to, but... It's fucking excellent. It's a, it's, it's a way more stylized than Chopper, but I love Chopper more. That's an interesting character study because mm-hmm. those sort of psychopaths, sociopaths, like the the uh, mental health field is real mm-hmm. divided on what exactly to call these types of people, though, generally are pretty good mm-hmm. at staying out of jail because the only way that they can do whatever they want. Sounds mm-hmm. like this is a story of a guy who can make it happen anyways on his own within jail and actually find yeah. more power there maybe but they're because also they are seems so... to like he seems to like being in jail yeah. because it's orderly yeah and, and that it. way he can introduce chaos right. mm-hmm. yeah exactly and also like you know have the attention be the star if he's in the newspaper all the mm-hmm. time that kind of seems Why like a aren't goal. you asking me more questions about Tom Hardy's dick? It's all throughout eh, this movie. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Is he a lunatic though? Because oh my god, like his Nick. his acting is like don't confuse his acting for his accents when he's playing American because they're the most bizarre things I've ever seen agreed. my whole life. Agreed. Like I, I just watched some other trailer with him like, where he's playing a, a Western character. I'm like, dude. Mm-hmm. He's talking like no one ever. Uh, one of my favorite roles of his is in Peaky Blinders, mm-hmm. a show mm-hmm. which I want to talk a lot more about sometime, and I need to figure out a way to shovel it in because, man, this it's title. one of my favorite shows of all time is Peaky Blinders. But he plays a Jewish mobster mm-hmm. from, like, Ooh. early 20th century. Hardy? And, yeah, Tom Hardy does. The Killing Murphy show? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and he is so good in it and such a psychopath in it too and it's like this might be right in his wheelhouse my favorite hardy rolls 
Yeah. Yeah. This this one in particular, I mean, because he's it's it's he does such a good job because you can see the crazy turning on and off sometimes where it's like now I'm being really charming and mm -hmm. but now I'm outgoing, but I'm talking too much because I'm so nervous. And then, then just on a fucking dime, you can watch his face change You're like, oh, shit. Wow. And, and then the punching starts or the biting or the kicking or, the, oh, my God. He's super jacked. Someone, hit someone with it. He's super jacked, super bald, and then super naked throughout a lot of the movie. And super mustachioed. And super mustachioed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really, yeah. like, really like this movie. mustache just comically it. moves on his face. Like, mm -hmm. he is physically moving the mustache somehow. It's very, it's different. I mean, mm -hmm. it's Nicholas Winding Refrain. Oh, yes, um, that guy. So it's it's kind of artistic and weird mm -hmm. at some points. Um, and some of it can be kind of hard to watch. Yeah, he does get institutionalized uh, at some points. And you're like, sometimes it's sort of like, good, yes. Oh, my God, please shoot him up with, like, all of the methadone in the world. Mm -hmm. And maybe he'll stop. Mm -hmm. Just like, but he does have human rights. You know, all he did was, like, rob that one guy. And he did punch those couple dudes. And, Whew. oh, my God. This is, oh. Yeah, Tom Hardy's it's one is so good. I love watching him, mm -hmm. and I like he's usually, if not the best thing in whatever he's in, the most interesting thing in whatever mm -hmm. he's in mm -hmm. because he makes some yeah. very interesting Sounds choices. Like someone rewatched Venom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about Venom, but yeah, still. Can you tell me anything about your story? The fuck, your company is doing this thing. Flick toothpick out of my mouth. Like what? Fucking decade are you in, Tom Hardy? <laughs> Holy shit! Why are you talking like this? Where did you learn English like this? <laughs> American English. I love Tom Hardy, and I, I, I it, th if this is not his absolute breakout role, this is my discovery of Tom Hardy, and mm -hmm. I feel like I was on mm -hmm. to more the rest of the fucking country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, am I incorrect? I, I don't remember him being like. Uh, being yeah, a, a, I mean, he was sort of like a, a pop-up here and there mm -hmm. kind of guy for a little mm -hmm. while. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like, I mean, this is obvious. This is a star-making performance right. yeah. because it's pretty much just him, mm -hmm. and he is really going for it. And he's it's not just, oh, and he's a fucking monster. You know, like I said, you see times where it's like, oh, he's a nice guy, or he's charming, or oh, he's kind of nervous, and mm -hmm. oh, he's disappointed because... This girl he thinks is his girlfriend uh, is just casually like, "No, I have a boyfriend." Mm -hmm. he is, and you're like, he, he he's is going to murder everyone." Oh my god! He's like, in 99 percent of every scene, and he's fucking captivating. Mm -hmm. It's it's yes. really good. Oh, I do have to revise. He's not the most interesting thing in Mad Max. No, oh yeah, right. We but, talk about that in this no. but he's great in it. But yeah, he it, he's interesting to me too because he is like kind of in this generation where I feel like he could have gone away of like really wanting to mm. be a heartthrob and like do some romantic mm. comedies and do some stuff. And he's only he did one, I think, pretty resoundingly terrible one called like the Art of War or This Means War. I think oh, it was like right. you know what I'm talking about. No. Yes. And I, I think it was Reese Witherspoon and Chris Pine, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I never saw it. But but no, he's really chosen like way more interesting roles than that. <sighs> I would much rather talk about Bronson yeah. than the next film, which I feel I, I, I'm yes. somehow responsible to talk about being the only guy who owns race owns Escape and Return to Witch Mountain mm -hmm. in their original clamshell VHSs. Why, these oh, are these are before Lord. the masterpiece collection that you some of you '80s kids own. Uh, I saw, but not only that, I was invited to an advance press screening, uh, and I didn't Ooh. go to a lot of those to race, race to Witch Mountain, mm -hmm. 
the remake, and I know I say this a lot, but like this is why Disney bought Marvel and Star Wars. This is what they <laughs> thought they had to appeal, uh, it, franchise-wise, to not just young kids and, and little girls, but everyone. And it's thoroughly unmemorable, and like, yeah. as, but so was the original Escape to Witch Mountain. Yeah, uh, which I don't. As much as I didn't enjoy hearing Diana slam the love bug. <laughs> uh, Disney's live action shit is generally like fucking horrible. Even the stuff I love is objectively horrible. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and this was this was their attempt. Like everyone, remember Escape to Wish Mountain? We're remaking it with The Rock and a little tiny Anna Sophia Rob. Uh, and no, like nobody gave a shit. I was in an advanced screening and when the press screening, I'll do it. Cool. And then I'm like, oh, this is a fucking radio station contest. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in here, and they're all mm-hmm. children. And I have never. I thought, like, you know, we take your stepson to see movies. He's fucking, he's down. He's yeah. usually ready to have a good time. Yeah. These kids were so fucking bored. Oh. Didn't laugh, <laughs> didn't have a good time at all. It yeah. is like, this movie is so nothing. The only thing it did is it spawned the meme where the rock looks say, in the backseat. It gave us a meme, right? Yeah. It did. But okay. like, uh, Race to Witch Mountain, a terrible remake of a terrible live action Disney movie, is number one at the box office this week. Blech. Because there's no competition. My brother and I are not from your planet. You don't look like aliens. What does an alien look like? Like little green people with antennas that take me to your leader, Earthlings. If we don't get to Witch Mountain, the invasion will begin. I'm gonna get you out of here. Who is he? He's a bounty hunter. You are in way over your head. I figured that part out on my own. Run, run, run! Rock is like it's the fakest his hair's ever been. Yeah, and also mm. like the the lithest he's ever looked. Like he's not super swole. Yeah, in this that, one that stuck out to me too. It's yeah. like oh he's he's very fit. Yeah, but yeah, he's not jacked like yeah. we're used to seeing. He's him. not Baywatch. I think it came with the compensation of shaving off his Rob Schneider hairdo. <laughs> and it's, yeah. But yeah, this movie is so, is so boring. Watch this. It's it's painfully average. Mm. There's just nothing that stands out. I can see this as being like some kid's nostalgic favorite because they saw it a bunch when they were six. And now they're 16 and they're like, what do you say that about Race to Witch Mountain? Just like the original, where it's like, if it's something that you liked yeah. as a kid and you watched it every day, it's probably not very good. Right. I, I fall asleep to the computer wore tennis shoes. Uh, if I if yeah. I put that it's on in front so... of you, shoot me in the head. Something mm-hmm. is wrong. I would never recommend that movie to you. Yeah. But it's, it's competent. You know, I it didn't have I didn't have any like major problems with it except that it's just there. I, I just didn't give a crap. This was Disney's versions of what they thought their franchises were before they had franchises. Is it for older parents who are like I rem- I have fond memories of the originals they, they felt and like let's they take our kids. We'll to find it. out later this summer, but they feel they felt like any name recognition was better than no re- name recognition, which yeah. is why they resurrect mm. Tron later in the summer, oh, which is something they never wanted to revisit. Mm-hmm. But it's better than nothing, which is what they had, because mm-hmm. everything yeah. they tried to make for wide audiences and little boys failed big time. And uh, yeah, hence buying yeah. everything I George just... Lucas and Stanley ever made. I feel so bad for Kieran Hines, who is a fantastic actor and mm-hmm. deserves better than to be the nameless, faceless bad guy in stuff mm-hmm. of just like, get those kids. Everyone get into your identical black SUVs. <laughs> We're going to go stop them. Ooh. Yeah. And just having seen the original, like there was 
there was a little more suspense in the kids being special and mm-hmm. clearly because they couldn't afford to do anything and they can here and it's just it's just so meh yeah meh. it's uh, so meh we just had carla gugino last week doing a really good job in watchmen and here right. she just shows up she original specter was that what she was yeah um all right she's good well uh maybe tv Boring. tv she'll perk us up uh, maybe 2009, March 8th to the 14th, say goodbye to the L word. Oh, I right. love the L word so much. For and how long? Yes, I know. Oh, I'm so it, excited. Is it coming back? It is. Oh. And I'm very excited about it. Uh, that last season was a travesty. Was it? I prefer not to talk about it almost just because you have to now. it was it was just not great. I talked about actually the this season's premiere mm-hmm. just like a couple months ago um, because it starts out with ki- basically the main character Jenny Schechter at the beginning of the season is found murdered mm-hmm. and um, the police are trying to figure out who did it among this like group of LBGTQI people Mm -hmm. and um, that make up the cast. And yeah, they never find out who kills her. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Really? Yeah. It's real. People are super angry about it. And like big L word fans just like, I think choose to try not to acknowledge that last season because it really made people angry. Um, And rightly so it was, it was a bad send off to a really wonderful revolutionary beautiful very sexy show which also had pam Greer in it but... i know i know i know i, I have a i have a a, a weird relationship and jennifer with... beals my oof a woman i love so much every girl i dated like <laughs> i think i like girls too i'm like okay <laughs> uh, and, and i'm never like prove it but like why <laughs> usually because someone had a dvd copy of the l word mm-hmm. and uh I don't know. I don't think it's cool to like claim you're a lesbian. <laughs> I don't know. Like, not you. I'm not talking about you, Sarah. I'm talking about the people I dated. Like, yeah. uh, to constantly dangle this over my head. Like, I think I want to do stuff with girls. I'm like, I think you're watching too much. I mean, work. a lot of girls think they want to do stuff with girls. Right. Very often. I know. I know. It's not. It's way obviously more, the show's not for me. It's something we think about. Like, mm-hmm. it's way more fluid. And the L word made it on screen. Sexy. Showed lesbians in mm-hmm. a way that you just didn't get to see them. I mean, mm-hmm. like. You know, we had Ellen, and she was like often very sanitized. She's pretty sanitized. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. she's pretty sanitized. All over the internet, there are a ton of Uh lesbian Catholic schoolgirls. I've seen that's true. So many many of them. So many of them. Yeah, The L Word was a great show, a revolutionary show. I'm excited it's coming back. I hope it'll be good. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just talk to the same cast. Honestly, I'm not sure. I know that this return has been talked about for a very long time. Would you time. be happy if they Roseanne it and like pretended some of the cataclysmic moments never happened, like the death of a major character? Mm. Oh, I would be mm. fine if Jenny Schechter stayed dead because she was the like many shows. Like, oh shit! Fuck you, Jenny Schechter. The main character was Ow. the worst character. Oh, like in uh, Orange Is the New Black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Or the New Girl. Or um, <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. A hundred percent Grey's Anatomy. Stay absolutely. Stay tuned for the games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, we say goodbye to the American Kath and Kim. Yes, the American yeah. Kath and Kim with mm-hmm. Kim with uh, Selma Blair and um, Molly Shannon. Shannon. I, I do want yeah. to tell you if you listen to a, I don't remember what podcast we we were doing, but it was the three of us were on it, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about how Selma Blair. It was last week. It was last week, and you're like she has yeah. MS. And I'm like, 
what the fuck are you talking about? I wasn't joking. I was broken when I like yeah. saw the clip the next day. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. No idea. Yeah. I'd missed mm-hmm. that entirely. I wasn't again just wanting people to know I wasn't making a sick joke. Like I did not know she had MS. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. a great follow on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Check her out. She's really been on a journey over the well, past now. year and mm-hmm. she's very open about that and also um, her sobriety too, which is also uh, a really interesting journey that she's been on. So hmm. uh, she's a great follow on Instagram. And then also we said goodbye this week to Life, which is a little show oh. I talked about, I think, when it premiered. Not with, with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence? Nope. No. With Damien, the red-haired, tiny mouth man from uh, <laughs> Homeland. Ah, yes. Damien Got Lewis. Damien Lewis. Thank you. He Got is him. a very tiny mouth. Very tiny mouth. <laughs> That's how you can tell they're British. Yeah. <laughs> Men have no lips over there. And it really does. It looks like he's practicing to be an emoji. For our listeners who also watch Peaky Blinders, guess what? He's married to Aunt Polly. Did you know that? No. I just found no. that out, and it's kind of crazy. Like half this segment has been news to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, life was pretty great. But I was I, I, to see it go. I do remember the Breaking Bad season premiere. Me too. And let's also yeah. remember right now, Breaking Bad, not really anyone's talking about it yet. Mm-mm. And the last season was four episodes. And unlike mm. most other shows I've seen in my lifetime, it ends on a massive cliffhanger that picks up right in the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. And it makes the ending of the last season kind of most of the first episode where we meet Hector. Yep. Uh, where, mm. where you, yeah, you met, what's his name? I forget his name. Fuck, I just saw him on Under Siege. Very young. But uh, seven, 730, uh, 737. Mm-hmm. A uh, fucked up episode of Breaking Bad and kind of yep. re-solidifies what that show is eventually taking you towards. Is this someone I'm rooting for now? Mm-hmm. Is this someone mm-hmm. I want to see good things happen to? I did last season, even though he fucking put his window washer in that guy's battery for no reason because he's playing loud music. Man, Walter White's getting a little extreme. Anyway, sorry. It was fucking crazy. Like yeah. I, I heard about the show after the first episode, so I was on board like mm-hmm. from the beginning. But I, I can't believe this show, if you recognize this, you're not me. I can't believe there's a world where Nathan Fillion was on a network show and I never bothered to watch it. Yeah. Nathan, Nathan Fillion's one of those few people I will follow anywhere. Mm-hmm. I would I would like a fucking lemming. I would follow him off a cliff and I still wouldn't watch a single episode of Castle where I'm guessing, if I remember correctly, he is a author who teams mm-hmm. up with a cop mm-hmm. and somehow maintains that relationship for six to seven years. And there's some will they, will they or won't they ness about it? I don't know. It kind of seems right in my wheelhouse because I too love mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion and I also love a pr- good procedural. And uh, yeah, it just. He was, dresses just as Malcolm never... Reynolds for a Halloween episode. It fucking. Oh, yep. It, like Nathan oh. Fillion's life it is happens. the most meta. <laughs> performance of all time like he shows up in so much stuff as himself yeah. it's he's in big mouth as himself he play he's in um american housewife as himself oh yeah oh. why i don't know because he can uh, i'd follow him anywhere talk to me with your bottom jaw nathan fillion uh, <laughs> Look, yeah i've seen yeah, a couple episodes like this all the time fine mm. Uh, I'm sure it's fine if you're... It's fine. I was going to say my mother's age, and here Diana is mm. really going mm-hmm. nuts for this thing. I, look, I'm not trying to say yeah. anything. No, it's it's fine. I mean, I don't know why old folks love procedurals. Maybe it's because they put young people where they belong in jail. Ho! But it's <laughs> fine. You know, it's... I mean, it's lighter than most other procedurals, and they've got, like, fun banter and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that kind of separates it from like an NCIS, which might have like a kind of comedy character here and there. But yeah, right. it's just lighter. It's fun. And on the, the also on the ninth, if you're watching CBS instead, uh, you can enjoy the Terminator decoupling, a Big Bang Theory episode. Yeah, Sarah highlighted it. Yeah, I did because there is a guest star on this that is not the Terminator that you're thinking of. Oh no! Is that who I think it is? It can't be. What would Summer Glau be doing riding the train? Uh, maybe John Connor's aboard and she's protecting him from an evil Terminator. <laughs> Fuck you, man. You're not a real nerd. You know fucking Summer Glau <laughs> from Sarah Connor Chronicles? Eat a dick. You yeah. lose all nerd cred. We just talked about Firefly passingly because Nathan Fillion yeah. you had to and you couldn't mention it once, Johnny Galecki. I wish he was dead. Oh, my I wish goodness. Dead. I wish he was dead. You're not me, nerd. Oh, You're not me. Okay. Even though I think they're all millions. Well, they're... I'd rather that nerd rage be turned on <gasps> each other instead on poor <sighs> ladies who are just trying to live their life. Quit trying to ruin my video games! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I brought it out just because, hey, Summer Glau, I always love, I love her Summer and Glau. she's mm-hmm. great and she's it is like so, yeah, this, that show is like still on at this point. It's mm-hmm. like, this is a crossover event, technically. But that's a two-year show. Man, they really they really bet hard that people are going to get that in syndication for years. And I think that has something to say about the Big Bang Theory is that it really does... That they were both Warner Brothers properties? And they just lean hard into, like... Warner Brothers properties. Well, <laughs> like, nobody watching... Like, there, the, the Venn diagram of people who are watching the Big Bang Theory wow. and who know who Summer Glau is and where she's from... Mm-hmm. It's not a huge overlap, right. I don't think. Mm. Um, like, and so uh, this is one of the parts where I'm like, okay, I don't know. I've watched a lot of The Big Bang Theory because mm-hmm. it is basically cotton candy in TV form, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, it definitely has its problems uh, with the way it portrays nerd culture and its women characters. But I don't hate it, to be honest. No, no, and most of the, yeah. the criticism of Big Bang Theory from people like me mm-hmm. are that it's not pandering enough. Mm. And I don't think they recognize the idea that wasn't on the N64. Like, shut up, dude. Yeah. Like, if this is super accurate, would this you, would you, compl- would you you'd still complain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, much like Terry Gilliam films, I don't can say... Do don't do this. I, <laughs> I know they're good. Mm. I just don't enjoy them. Oh. Big Bang Theory, I know it's bad. I just don't dislike it. I'd like to buy some of your free time. It's, please. <laughs> have you met me? You know I have less free time than anyone in the world. True. Uh, but those are two ends of mm. a very mushy spectrum. True. <laughs> True. Uh, and, and on the 14th, I wish I could, gra- could have grabbed you a clip from this because it's very weird. Uh, SNL is hosted for the first time by former cast member Tracy Morgan with musical guest Kelly Clarkson. Uh, I, I feel like it's an unspoken rule that only the only time the host is allowed to be in the cold open is if they've been prior cast members. Mm. But the whole cold open is a pre-shot sketch about Tracy Morgan talking about being back. Hmm. And there's a guest star, and I can't grab a clip of it because you you hear the audience not know who he is. Oh no! And it's Tracy Morgan punching through people to get into Studio 8H and host the show. Tina Fey is is one of them. Everyone gets that. Uh, mm. But the last page he has to get through is John Cena. And in 2009, like, I don't think he had penetrated the mainstream. So he shows up and, like, he's given star lighting. And, like, you hear, like, one person in the crowd, like, yes! And, like, no one else. Is uh, that because no one could see him? Oh, Sarah, you had it. <laughs> I know things, y'all. She does. Um, holy shit. 
Uh, to move into the games real quick, uh, I'm going to try and make this fun and not offensive because Lord knows the way I've talked about one of these things in the past that has been. Peggle comes to XBLA, a fucking fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, this is where it really bowled people like me over who weren't playing it on PC. But uh, Pachinko, the game, I have no idea why I played so much of it. It still doesn't make sense to me. It does it, but it's still fun. But it was totally badical. Yeah. Um, Grey's Anatomy, the video game, is out now. How have I not played this? What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, Press F to hit on your coworker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, but like I remember I told you guys previously that when the CSI game came out, this CBS show that's on at 10 o'clock that anybody can watch... It was a hard M rating because you had to swab semen out of a condom with a Wii remote. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, you can do that. It turns out you can do that on television, but you can't do it in a video game. And probably the biggest game, I mean, this was Capcom's biggest game ever. And it's kind of surprising for most people, but Resident Evil 5. Resident Evil 5, uh, where you're playing as Chris Redfield and newcomer Shiva as you battle through problematic uh, <laughs> tribesmen. Uh, battling the Umbrella Corporation. This is, to me, where the series started to go off the rails. It's great to do a quick-time punch of a boulder into a volcano at the end for this regular human. Uh, but but what, it, what it offered was a next-gen experience, which is what Capcom had been traditionally really good at. And this, in particular, I played with one of our friends uh, across coast the whole the whole way through. Hmm. A co-op experience that was, that was relatively new. I'd been playing online shooters for years but not a game where we could both play together and accumulate the same progress and help each other up ledges like an entire game like that like every night we made an appointment with each other to play resident evil 5 that's so sweet and up until monster hunter world this was capcom's best selling game ever more than maga man more than uh devil makery i think is how it's pronounced more than street fighter uh well not more than street fighters a series but just as a single title Mm -hmm. resident evil Mm -hmm. 5 um and last but not least is, I believe I meant I teased, maybe you'll teed our listeners about the unfunny games of March when we were talking about Matt Hazard. Uh, Michael, Diana's husband, and I worked on a game called The Unfunny Games of March. Every time someone wants to criticize the maturity of games, it's pretty easy to go back to things like Mad World. A Mad World was a super, super stylist. It was a super stylish looking game. It's all black and white, except for blood. Um, okay. And it had top-notch voice talent. Such as Greg Proops, which Ooh, I, hey. I, I love him. apparently deleted a lot of my sound effects. There's a lot of embarrassing sound clips from him, but this is just the menu that I hit over and over again. Welcome to Varigan City. Welcome to Varigan City. Welcome to Varigan City. I have a 40 second sound clip of that. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Uh, <laughs> but it had one of the weirdest characters ever because it was black and white and because this character was black and also a pimp. This was the most cringy character I think any of us had ever encountered in this this mm. what we thought was the stylish game on the Wii exclusively utilizing the only game that we were looking forward to utilizing the Wii remotes and waggle controls that was going to blow our minds became very very immature and embarrassing very fast and the Black Baron still makes me laugh. I think it's Reno Wilson doing the voice. Yeah, pimps are always funny. And you know who yours truly is. The black motherfucking baron. Stop staring. Now all you gotta do is swing a fat bat into some fat ass and launch that motherfucker at the board. We keep score just like we doing darts, so you just worry about hitting it and quitting it. You feel me? And speaking of hitting it, hey baby, what you doing? No, I don't, baby, I... Oh, 
Okay. Oh, okay. No. Like this was 2009. 2009. Oh, no. That is yikes. I mean oh, like Lord. if if this if that was voiced by a white guy, somebody would have gone to jail. <laughs> so, but it wasn't. So we let it slide. But uh yeah, Mad World, but it's never appeared on any, any other system ever. Mm. And it was it does look really cool. It was stylistically, absolutely, yeah. but it was one of those things that was supposed to save the Wii for the hardcore audience after it had kind of been abandoned for shovelware and minigame collections. Like, here's this one hard M-rated, super violent, comic booky stylist stylized thing, and it was very embarrassing. I have a, cl- I, I wish I could fi- could have found the clip because it's this guy like saying all this embarrassing. Ah, that happened to me when I got kicked in the nuts. And then Greg Proops just punctuated it with like a non sequitur and just goes, "Hobo showed." Hobo. <laughs> oh, Greg. Hobo Joe. What are you doing, buddy? I wanted to. I, I had a lot of uncut dialogue on my old computer that I could. I wasn't going to. not going to work that hard for Mad World. You're already sick of hearing me talk about it. Hey, look. But we want to hear from you. That's why mm-hmm. you guys have a brand new uh, 302010 comments, mm-hmm. Listener Strike Back episode coming at you by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash laser time mm-hmm. where you can get not only over 100 movie commentaries but a weekly bonus show uncensored uncut and commercial free uh as well as uh this will be a big 30 2010 bonus show by mm. the way because uh we're joined by special guests as well Ooh. that's right um and i encourage everyone out there to support us we are 99 percent uh listener supported it helps keep the network up it helps keep, keeps us paid keeps us keeps us fed uh it, it helps us compensate for our time and we really do appreciate those people for for doing that um we just could use a couple more of you but we uh we want to reward the 30 20 tenors out there make sure to uh, leave your feedback uh either underneath the article at lasertimepodcast.com the laser time uh facebook community or 30 20 10 the numbers podcast on twitter um, and we will. We, I love celebrating everyone's feedback, mm-hmm. and it's really fun this week. Holy shit, did we get tore a new asshole in some ways? Ooh, Holy yay. shit, is there a lot of fun things to say about Coraline? Oh, I'm very excited. Um, but you can find out more at uh, lasertimepodcast.com or patreon.com slash lasertime, which also supports uh, this show, as well as Lasertime, which this week is all about badass ladies of cinema mm-hmm. in honor of, of Women's History mm-hmm. Month. We're digging back through uh, the annals of film to find the baddest ass ladies. I wish we would have consulted Diana on some like oh, yeah. 1930s Kill yeah. Bill that I don't have any idea about. Oh. <laughs> mm. And um, mm. yeah, sadly, the furthest we go back is Ripley, but uh, that's a pretty good one to start with. Mm-hmm. That's a and, good place to start, I guess. We're going to yeah. do modern. In uh, Video Game Apocalypse, which is uh, the video game show hosted by Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez, and uh, Maddie Allen. Uh, you can find that every Friday, LasertimePodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please tell a friend about us. Uh, we do appreciate it. Diana, uh, where can people find you at? Uh, they can find me at uh, Twitter, uh, at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or uh, they can follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast.com, on Twitter.com. Mm. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Me neither. You got to tell me who, who be dead. Who be dead. Who be Who'd be dead this week? Let's get into mm-hmm. deaths and births. Uh, in 1989, we lost Zita, Empress of Austria-Hungary. She was 96. What? Mm. Yeah. She... In 1989, we still had a former monarch of Austria-Hungary, <laughs> stepmom to Franz Ferdinand, what got killed to start World War One. someone born in the previous century. Wow. wow. Someone from cowboy times. 
<laughs> yes. Cowboy times. <laughs> Close enough. You're within 50 years of cowboy times. I guess it's kind of still cowboy times if you're like watching the wild bunch is still cowboy times. It's not like those people evolve. It's, yeah, it's all about how well, the, the worlds do fast. The now. car shows up and the Gatling gun and it's and barbed wire screws up the West. God nah, damn it! Give me a pair of chaps and an old, old lasso. That's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, sometimes I <laughs> well, can pass as a man. Actually, that leads us right into our next death. <laughs> mm, so uh, yeah. Speaking yeah. of chaps, Robert Maplethorpe also passed away. He Not Robert Maplethorpe. Who was that? Oh, uh, he was an uh, artistic photographer who used a lot of. Oh, yes. um, well, homoerotic imagery. Yeah, nudity. Revolutionary. Nudity. Yeah. A lot of male nudity. Truly amazing. But He's one of the reasons why we have a lot of our obscenity laws in the United mm-hmm. States. Yeah. Um, That's why we could see Bronson. Yeah. See Tom Hardy's black dick. Yeah. I actually yeah, well, a lot of the, the stuff the stuff with him was not like people objected to the art. It was that he was getting grants from the government and mm-hmm. then making homoerotic art mm-hmm. <laughs> people are like oh, i can't believe my tax dollars are paying for this bloody boo boo i uh i believe I, in the gay episode of the simpsons homer uh is hiding in a bookstore and he hi- accidentally hides behind one of his books <laughs> <laughs> i have like some of his i use some of his prints as a like a rotating background on my computer background so Ooh. when i'm in class sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes people get a fun surprise if they're sitting behind me yeah <laughs> phone i get hard thanks sarah like, I need you're welcome back. yeah just some little... some of it is just truly beautiful some of yeah. it is a little weird and disturbing uh satan in particular got mm-hmm. called out mm-hmm. of the national endowment <laughs> for the arts because it's a guy with a bull whip up his ass representing yeah. satan that's the big one really that yeah. they uh people had a problem but Oh my gosh, I don't know some why. of it is just beautiful. Anyway, then in uh, 1999, we lost Garson Kanan, who is 86. Uh, he's one of my favorite screenwriters. He is really funny and stuff. And a uh, big one was Joe DiMaggio, who is 84. That's hey. where he's gone. Where'd you go, yep. Joe DiMaggio? <laughs> he's the great. The Yankees literally had Paul Simon come in and sing that, like during the seventh inning stretch, Aww. to make everyone feel better. Even it's like, it's. It's the uh, Mrs. Robinson is not about Joe DiMaggio. It has one line about him. I, I but know, but like still think of it. in that and the Lemonheads cover, that to me is like the most moving and chilling line because it, it seems like a cry to the past. Yes. <laughs> yep. uh, like, yes. I, I don't know why, but yeah. 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 Joe DiMaggio. <sighs> Again, yeah. like growing up in, in, in with my grandfather who mm-hmm. revered Frank Sinatra, like Joe DiMaggio was a god. Yeah. Also yeah. really beautifully memorialized in the NBC mm-hmm. hit show Smash. What? <laughs> <laughs> Which... Uh, you to explain that reference. Yeah, it chronicles a Broadway show about the life and times of Marilyn Monroe. Oh. And she has several ah. songs with Joe DiMaggio in it. <laughs> it's a joke for possibly only me. Yeah, he, he, okay. Didn't he like, pick her up from else's... rehab after they were divorced? They were still friends? Oh, yeah. I yeah, still think anyone else friends. saw that show. He, he had flowers sent to her grave every year. The rest of his life. Ooh, get over it, pal. Um, yeah. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe, Jesus. Who remembers? Anyway. I, anyway, birthday so that's time. That's a death. Birthday time! Okay, we've got a good birthday this week. With the birthday oh. quiz. Oh, birthday! All right. Happy 40th birthday to this guy born March 9th, 1979 in Guatemala City, Guatemala. Cuban father, Guatemalan mother. Then he was raised in Miami. Uh, he's the frontman for a ska band called the Blinking Underdogs, who opened for Green Day and Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. 
Polymer Holderama. She would have mentioned that. Um, it's not Gail Garcia Bernal. No. Oh, Interesting guess, though. I, could, I, I was missing one of his he's names. He's Mexican, though, I think, right? He is. Yeah. yeah, he's Mexican. Okay, well, he left music, though. Uh, he left the band to attend Juilliard, where he appeared in All About the Benjamins. And then, bringing everything together, he starred as Detective Fartman in Lenny the Wonder Dog, which was written by Michael Winslow from Police Academy. What? What? Yes. <laughs> Lenny the Fart Dog? And Fartog? I have to bring up... Detective Fartman and Lenny the Wonder Dog because when you figure out who this is, you're going to be like, we all have to go watch Lenny the Wonder Dog. Okay. Uh, We've only talked about two of his movies, though. It's not Luis Guzman. He's he's much older than 40. Yeah. Uh, You ready? The two movies of his we've talked about are Che and Body of Lies. That doesn't help you a lot. No. Che and Body of Lies. No, it's not. It's not. It's not uh, Benicio Del Toro. No, he's older than that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a bunch coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about Robin Hood, Drive, A Most Violent Year. Oscar Isaac? Yes! Nicely done! Suck it! Two in a row, this hurts. The guy who was asking to play Solid Snake. Oscar Isaac. Stop it. Nice. He did that before we got to Sucker Puncher Ex Machina. That was nice. I would have got it Ex Machina, at least three answers. Uh, yep. This is not that many people in that movie. I got it in two. Uh, but uh, Jesus. All right. Oscar Isaac won. And that about wraps up our show. Uh, our show is executive produced by Tony Boy. Stay gold, buddy. Just Tony Boy. Uh, he's one of our executive producers, over in, uh, with, along with many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time. We love you and appreciate all of you. Look forward to your bonus show this week. Let's close out with, oh my God, this is one of my favorite this is a video that should have gone I, viral a thousand times. I I went through a bunch of different things I thought we could close out with, but I thought let's close out with something good by Trevor Moore instead of Miss March. Yeah, Trevor Moore is a pretty great uh, Comedy Central special that's mostly songs, and yeah. his song about Kitty History is something you should put in your YouTube search right now. Kitty History is so good. Uh, yep, it's all about history, but in another part of the universe where it's all kitties. Oh, yeah. I gotta see this. My favorite one was the cat pointing at uh, space in Kleeman Plaza. And that was <laughs> not to spoil anything. It's kitty banking groups. Uh, I love this fucking song. Uh, we're closing out with kitty history. God bless you, Trevor Moore. It was fun playing DuckTales with you that one time. Um, we will see you guys next time. Sailed until he saw land But then quickly got off So he could poop in the sand They formed the first kitty cities And kitty towns Then they wake up at night Just to run around They had their own little kitty civil war But found some string and forgot What they were fighting for It's kitty history And it's just like us Little kitty JFK Got killed by kitty Lyndon Johnson And the CIA Present.